Hello and welcome to episode 151 of Flix and a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo. With me forever know as the man, the myth, the replicant yeast, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears and rain. I mean, that's... That's oh, no, you butchered the last second of it. <laughs> oh, no, what was the last second of it? Time to die. Oh, okay. On this week's episode, we get into Dexter, what we're watching, and the fantastic exit of Johnny Depp, along with other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, obviously, Blade Runner. But first, Al, what are we drinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Jeez, if you had trouble with that, you're going to really need to clear out when we do this beer thing in a second. Is boy, there a lot? Boy, do I have a reading. Not on the can. It's on the box. Oh, I was going to say, there's no words on this can. I'm no, not even sure what we're drinking. <laughs> there's, there is a a doctoral thesis on the back of this box. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> so we're drinking Anchor's Mango Wheat. Mango Wheat? Anchor's Mango Wheat. Nice Ale made with natural mango flavor uh, from America's First Craft Brewery. We did a Anchor beer several weeks ago. Um, it's good. I, I think I, at the time I said we need to do more from Anchor and... Well, here's me sticking to my guns on that. I'm, um, I'm pretty sure we, we've done Anchor Beers in the past, like a long time ago, and I think this came up, but the from Amer- America's first craft brewery, it just feels like a bold claim. No, I, I believe it, it was. Um, I believe I said as much yeah. when, uh, when we were doing it. still feels time. like a bold claim. It just seems... Well, someone's got to be the first. I guess. Unless it's one of those things where, like, Pascal and Newton were coming up with calculus at the same time, but... In separate countries in Europe, but I doubt. Is that the Pedro Pascal effect? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we have so many. Yeah! Effects, you know what? I'll allow it. It makes sense. I like it. No, there is actually a name for that as well. Um, hmm. I don't remember what. That one I definitely don't remember. I don't remember whether the name's hyphenated or not. Like, you know, because that was the thing, right? I remembered that it wasn't Dunning Kruger, that it was some other. I think yeah. the, the Diane Kruger effect is actually the Bonner-Meinhof effect. Um, the Diane Kruger effect got me earlier today when I sent uh, a Wonderwall meme to somebody and then in Ted Lasso, Wonderwall was playing. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's crazy. You sent the Wonderwall <laughs> meme to me. Oh, sorry. I sent it to multiple people. I wasn't sure if I actually got that one to you. I send a lot of things to you and you say a lot of things. And I remember half of it. <laughs> Well, that on both on, that, well, on that both was in sides. Our conversation the other day. <laughs> yeah, on both sides though. This is not just like a me forgetting what you say thing, as much as it is me forgetting what I'm doing as well. <laughs> Wait, did you get my response to that one? Because yeah, you did. That was actually okay. funny. I don't know. No, not so much. That fun. sounded condescending. I didn't mean it that way. That was actually funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> like no. as in the other things you said to me or not. <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to be clear that I wasn't seeking like praise and approval just because yeah. we decided right before we we turned on the recording that Anthony is not receiving texts from me. I got test. Okay, I sent that as a test, obviously. I also got that brutal. That was in relationship to the Wonder Wonderwall so, meme. Yes. Oh, is that like a triple Diane Kruger? Um <laughs> <laughs> oh. But you still need to get a picture of this beer. What? What are we drinking? <laughs> Anchor's Mango Wheat. Right, right. From America's second craft brewery. <laughs> allegedly first brewery. Right. We don't know it's the second one. It's just allegedly. allegedly the first. First craft brewery. It's not the first brewery. We can say brewery. with confidence that it is a craft brewery. That one we're 100% sure of, yes. Okay. Um, cool. Do we want to 
do you want to do the reading first or do we want to uh, take a whiff and take a taste of it first? Let's take a taste on account of it sounds like you have an entire story to read me. So yeah. cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that's fragrant. Oh, yeah, I can do this. See, while it has nothing to do with Blade Runner, it has everything to do with the fact that it's been quite warm the last few days. It sure has, Cotton. Uh, this is this is fine. I, you know what it is? I don't think I love mango. Really? Yeah. I've, I've, Honestly, uh, it doesn't taste that much like mango specifically. It, definitely it smells like a lot like it. It smells a lot like mango. Honestly, it smells more like a sour beer than it smells like a mango beer. Mm. I think this might have more to do with my aversion to mango <laughs> than I'm just realizing now. I don't. I think I've. Uh, I don't think I love it. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you didn't like mango. I love the occasional mango salsa. I love. I love the. Uh, I love a more subtle mango flavor in the beer. Um, but this feels very mango to me, and uh, I'm going one thuckle. Wow. Okay. I didn't know you didn't like mango. Um, I didn't I... either, to be honest with you. This <laughs> <laughs> well, is more of a realization right? in the moment. The mango mosaic. I don't recall. Yeah, I think you... I think that was better though. I, I think it was less in my face. Uh, so I just don't recall you. Is that papaya? Any <laughs> guava? Guava. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, I don't remember you expressing a strong opinion on mango at the time. As though, as, as yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I don't know that this is really a developing theory as much as it is an in-the-moment theory. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, honestly... I Are you drinking like out of a champagne glass? Oh, it's the uh, it's a Game of Thrones chalice. Oh, okay. Hang on, hang nice. on. I don't know why I was feeling the Game of Thrones chalice. I just felt like it was a, the proper... I mean, it's similar in shape to the... To yeah. the, the, the if you had to... Tulip glass? Yeah, it's close. doesn't have the little flair at the top. But if you were to rate this in Game of Thrones seasons, that would be a good way to do this. Which season of beer is this? <laughs> i say season five. The one where it first Oh, started. I was going to say five or six. I was going to say, where it first started going downhill, where it's like, you didn't quite realize it wasn't as good yet, but it's like, something is off. Not that there's anything rough off of this beer, but it's like, it's good, but not great. All right, so so season five, seasons five is a fuckle, basically. That's the that's their scale. Yeah, that's like leave it, league average, you know. Okay. All right, where is where is four thuckles at though on the Game of Thrones scale? Probably season three. Three, right? Three. This that's, is a this is a difficult scale. Season. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough scale to get behind. Yeah. Anyway, what's on the box? Oh, how many thuckles for you? Um, let's say one and one and a half, something like that. No, I, like it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming up with another word for a half half a thuckle. A fucklet? Didn't actually we did yes! this already? <laughs> fucklet. We've done this bit. <laughs> oh god. Um, oh, okay. Also, I'm a little disappointed you didn't say what's on the box. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta think, I think I gotta get my. Uh, I have all the lights on down here, although the dimmer is on in the main room here. I, mm. I gotta get some light for this reading. Anchors mango wheat trademark. Nice. Ale made with sun-ripened mangoes. We're excited to present our refreshing. As opposed to what? <laughs> light? Just like a lamp? <laughs> I said I put on the light from my phone. I no. Uh, sun-ripened as opposed to what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, as opposed to, I don't know, like hothouse mangoes? <laughs> <laughs> If I was still calling you things other than yeast, I would call you Hothouse Mango next episode. <laughs> Please do it, because I'm definitely going to forget. And it's gonna be Hothouse Mango Yeast? 
No, not the yeast, just the hothouse mega. I don't think we have to be tied to the yeast. The replicate that's yeast that's fair. That's today, fair. But, and I do enjoy the 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 yeast uh, strain. The strain of, of yeasts. Yeah. Um. But uh, I see what I you did there. We have to be totally tied to it, totally married to it. All right. We're excited to present our refreshingly unique craft brew, anger, uh, angers, anchors, <laughs> mango wheat, <laughs> mangoes, mangifera indica, are native to southern Asia. They possess an enticingly rich aroma and spicy sweet juiciness, unlike any other fruit. What? What is that description? Keep going. Go on. Californians have enjoyed fresh mangoes since the 1850s. In 1857, Wide West reported that the mango is, quote, at once the richest and most delicate of all fruits, and all other fruits are comparatively insipid beside its intensity of taste. There is something in it which is nothing less than voluptuous, end quote. As early as 1858... What asshole said that? <laughs> someone from Wide West. What is that? Uh, some sort of publication, because it is in italics. Okay. Uh, there is... Oh, sorry. As early as 1858, California-grown mangoes were already being displayed at California's State Agricultural Fair. Anchor's Mango Wheat is a crisply refreshing, effervescent golden ale that highlights the delectable character of this singular fruit. I think, this, I think this mango wheat is a little up its own ass, and I'm not a big fan. Uh, hang on, we still got another paragraph and a half here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I told you it was like a fucking essay. You're like, uh, Michael Sarah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's literally four paragraphs total. Uh, brightness without sharpness, fullness of flavor without heaviness, tropical aroma without pungency, plexity without cacophony. Sorry, I thought you were going to object at cacophony. Oh, I, I, I am silently. <laughs> the crisp, clean flavors of the wheat and the... It's abundance. a silent protest <laughs> on a podcast. Really get my point across. <laughs> when it gets a, cut out in the auto-edit. <laughs> I was going to say, this is, of course, a, a visual medium for only the you, only you and I. And also, you have that editing software that uh, cuts out all the dead air. Jeez. Uh, go on. The crisp, clean flavors of the wheat and the abundant whitehead on this brew are the perfect complement to the alluring mango aroma. Our can design is inspired by a 75-year-old fruit crate label in the Anchor Collection. We used the Ventura-made trademark courtesy of the Ventura County Lemon Cooperative. Fruit crate labels have a long and colorful history in California dating to the late 19th century. Most such agricultural art features enticingly succulent fruit and an oh idealized God. pastoral landscape. Ours, however, as unique as the beer itself, features a Pacific siren. Al, I didn't think it could happen. But based on what they printed on the box, we are negative one thuckle on this. Negative trailer. one thuckle? Okay, and here's the problem. So one thuckle one, down. One thuckle it's down. one thuckle down. One thuckle down. Here's the deal. First off, they it's it almost seems like they're like the way that they're going at it and like praising the mango. It's as if they invented it. So first off, get off mango's dick. That's one. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they did, they did state that mangoes are from Asia and that they have brought them over to California, but that California lays claim to them from a U.S. perspective. Right, in a very American fashion. Like we brought it, we did it better. Uh, yes. No. Uh, wait, wait, is this the first? Ever? Took a shitty fruit. Is you this the first ever? <laughs> Mid two thousands, um, what the fuck is it called? Like forum version of first. 
Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> I think it the might first, be. The first I, uh, documented, the first documented <laughs> version of first. <laughs> the comment Oh man, this beer's making me more angry than it rightfully should. Uh, the okay, so first problem was that was the was like basically laying claim to mango, and the uh, my other problem is like like they're like oh like they're praising mango as if they invented it, and now they're also like talking about their amazing can art, which I judge can art, and I disagree. And secondly, it's not theirs. They they took it. <laughs> they said it on the box. They took the fruit. They took the art. They're like, we're the best. It's it's a very American beer. Said, this is actually <laughs> It's quintessential. This might as well be Budweiser. <laughs> Minus one thumb. Oh, full we're thumb two thuckles down. Two thuckles down. <laughs> Oof, that run really turned. Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's get out. Of here. It's fine. It's really. It's there's nothing special about that. I, it's okay. I'm not like I. No, I don't I hate like, it as I much like as the beer. I would drink this in spring or summer. I would, I would sure. Drink sure. It. You. Oh yeah. That that uh that wonderful November summer that we've got going. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. I've, I've been back to one world after, crisis after like at a time. Four, <laughs> after like four days of wearing pants to work, I've been back to wearing shorts for a week. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, today I. I was like, surely it'll be a little cooler today than the last two days. And I wore jeans and I went outside and I was like, ah, oh, so hot. <laughs> I was like, it, it was cooler than it's been, but also 110% humidity. Oh, yeah. It was just you You walk outside and you're wet, but it's not raining. It's, yeah, it's, it was. Disgusting. I mean, it rained on plenty too, but yeah, there was sure. periods of time where it wasn't really and I felt wet. Uh, awesome. <laughs> 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 I don't know what's up. I think it's the uh, it's it's it was the pre-show booze that really did me in today. Oh, I have no excuse. This is the first alcohol I've sipped today. So, well, Al, do you want to get into some news and nuggets as we do? Let's get weird. Let's get weird. I, uh, I, you start. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on with the the fantastic exit over here? I just know the headline. I know nothing else. Is is that what we're? It's so obviously doing? what we're calling I have it. A yeah, because we didn't discuss this pre-show. Sure. Do you have any news and nuggets? I have. Yeah, but they're more. They're more. They're more about me than they are. So you have more of a like a catch-up, what we're watching type of situation. Exactly. Exactly. Because okay, this exactly. makes sense then why you threw it directly to me because I came into pretty light today. I have. Two, That's fine. So yeah. Right, when you that. immediately threw it to me, I was like, he's not that flustered. I don't think he has anything. <laughs> I know. No, that's, it, was, it was great. It's great. I'm glad you were um, able to see through that. I'm not bothering <laughs> to bring up a, a news story or whatever, because honestly, we're just kind of colloquially talking about this. Sure. Johnny Depp is exiting the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Um, probably one whole movie too late. Maybe even two. Um, not Which isn't to denigrate the performance. I actually thought he did a decent job as Grendel World. But... Uh, not like I did pronouncing the name. Yeah, that was rough. That I, did you say Grindelworm? <laughs> uh, it was a little bit more like Grindelwer because there was no consonant after what that L became an R when I was saying it. There was no, aren't you supposed to? No isn't that either? I'm pretty sure that W is also pronounced as, as a V. Yeah, but that's one of those things that kind of comes and goes depending on how bohemian you want to get with it. I guess. Sure, sure. Um, Go full bohemian. Yeah. Grindelworm. <laughs> Grindelworm. 
All right. Um, anyway, he's not doing that anymore. Um, sure. I'm not here to comment on his ongoing legal and public battle. Never heard. I, I don't know anything about this stuff. They so. seem. Oh wow. Okay. They seem to both be disgusting people. They're just. It's just for the. Oh. For them not to be with each other. Period. Interesting. Um, I'm not interested in saying it's his fault. It's her fault that he's the victim. That she's the victim. It sounds like they both terrorized each other, and. That's just enough of that. I literally have... I could not be more on the outside of what's happening right now. Oh, because this has been, like, super <laughs> public. I mean, we've talked about it some in the past, just how there's a lot of people who didn't like him being in anything, let alone this movie franchise. I, I know we've discussed it, like, when we did the second movie on the show. Yeah. Um, actually, did we do the first one, too? I would assume so. Well, Did we do I, a Fantastics the combo? Thing is, I know that... <laughs> It's like something you order on a fast food fantastic menu. Combo. The um, fantastic combo. <laughs> that movie definitely came out before we started the show. Sure. But I know that I didn't watch it when it came out, and I think I only watched it so we could do the second one for the show. I just don't remember if we didn't. Okay. Gotcha. Regardless. Um, yeah, no, they've just had a really public battle, each of them claiming they've been abused by the other. Okay. Um I don't know how much of what each of them have said is true. It seems like at least parts of all of it has been true. It sounds like they have definitely probably abused both of them, both of like each other. So, um, like I said, it sounds not- like they should work this shit out and leave me out of it. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of I guess what's happening because she doesn't okay. really work too much other than I guess Aquaman. Okay, and he's been also working less and less, and not this though. From what I heard today, and I don't. I'm just too lazy to look up because I just don't care about this and him or anything anymore. He jumped the shark probably a decade ago. He was a good actor. There's no question. Um, I've just been caring less and less for the past decade. And that predates uh, his involvement with her. Does this have something to do with him becoming Jack Sparrow and then never exiting the role? Yeah, more or less. (laughs) Well, see, the thing is he did briefly because he's not Jack Sparrow in Public Enemies. And that's a good movie. Mm. He did a good job in it. Who was he in... Tusk. He was in Tusk? <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> I had no idea. Really? Yeah, I mean, I told you I was never going to watch that movie. I thought you watched it. I thought we did it. I'm so lost. <laughs> All right, we're going to do that one day. Go on. <laughs> Pass. I'm using one of my official passes. <laughs> yeah. We don't have those. We don't have those. It's going to be done. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so he sucks. Whatever. Something happened. He's gone. Yeah, so uh, from what I heard... Though, because he shot at least one whole scene or something like that. Yeah, he got paid the whole thing, right? That's a, that's a movie thing, thing, isn't it? Like, isn't that like a contract thing that exists? Well, I feel like this is not the that, first time that's happened. It's something in his contract. Okay. Um, and that's to the tune of 10 figures. Sick. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess credit to Warner for going full sunk cost here. Like. Yeah, yeah I guess that's, that's true. If they, they wanted to cut ties and they're like, we like, will pay any dollar amount <laughs> to yeah, end so this. That's what I mean. It's like not succumbing to the sunk cost fallacy. Because yeah. they could have just been like, well, we're already going to pay them they were $10 like, million. Dollars, like, Johnny, you're out. But you're still going to get paid. Sevy? And then... Oh, <laughs> and, that was, and that was it. I, this is... The, that That's ridiculous. That's like... His agents are like, he's 100% going to be fired from a job within the next five years. Let's put this clause on his contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, but like once you become a big enough star, like that's a guaranteed part of your contract. Mm. Really just about any time. 
Because um, I, I don't think it's a standard contract for every single actor who's ever worked. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I'm sure that if you or I somehow booked a role, we wouldn't be getting that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, regardless. I, put, I try to put that like that rider. Where do you get off? <laughs> Actually, no. Now you have to pay us. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this backfired. This backfired real bad. <laughs> um, but honestly, I'm kind of done with that. I'm done with him. I'm, I'm, I'm more or less done with this series, as I've kind of said since the first movie. Hmm. But we'll keep doing it for I like them. I suppose, because I, I enjoy the movies. I liked the first one better, even though I understood what the lead character was saying less. Mm. Mm. Um, regardless, a bit of good news to finish this topic off. Sure. The person they are eyeing to fill his role is Mads Mikkelsen. Ah, oh, put him. More Mads. Mads and everything. Right? Yeah. This is a What's pro up? Mads show here he is i don't know that he's okay a- so we have hammer cavill and now we're gonna drive johnny matt <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> no drive johnny matt drive johnny matt <laughs> um he is a great actor he sure. is criminally underrated we need more things with him in it mm-hmm. um so i'm all for this and i think he'd actually be really good for the role for one it'd be good to have someone with a name like grindelwald to Sound not like well done. Or, Hang on, or, pause for a moment. Bask in that. You did it. <laughs> Pour one out for that excellent pronunciation of Grindelwald. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> not Grindelwald. <laughs> it sounded like the bad guy of Men in Black at the end. <laughs> um, it'd be nice to have someone who actually sounds like foreign and not British or American doing a bad British accent. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But anyway. Great actor, good villain. So yeah, I'm, cool. I'm totally down for that. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I'll watch it either way. Don't care. Uh, here's the thing: Are we gonna? We can retrofit him into the first movie. I'm sure that be about I don't know fifteen dollars worth of special effects because his face only appears in it like once, right? <laughs> it's really just that final scene, right? But to retrofit him in the second one, I think we could do that. I'm pretty sure we could use some sort of deep learning thing and just put now, it, map his gonna- face over it. Oh, because I was picturing more like an Ian McDiarmid holographically projected in Empire Strikes Back type of deal. But you want to oh. do a full like CGI. I want to do a face like, off. Mocap. We're gonna mo-cap. What- <laughs> no, just, just mocap the whole thing and like put him over him That's in right. the screen. But like occasionally the one actor turns faster than the other, so you see like three feet. Naturally. <laughs> I mean, is there any other way to do this? <laughs> Hollywood, baby. <laughs> All right, moving on. That's that's, I guess, news. Um, I mean, it's definitely news. I'm watching a lot of things, Al. Okay, tell me. All right, you ready? We're gonna start off in reverse order because the last one we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Wait, so, order of like quality? No, no, or like chronological. Chronological order. My chronologically, my watching order. Okay, yeah, reversed. Reversed. Okay. No, we're going to do it chronologically from release date. That's right. <laughs> so, I, first, I am currently in the throes of Ted Lasso, which is shaping up to be one of the best television shows I've ever watched. <laughs> it's Yeah, no, I've heard great things. Uh, absolutely I, hysterical. One of the many things that I say, I said to you, <laughs> wow, that came out like quite happily. Um, <laughs> and I say it to you again, now. <laughs> I... I very much would like to check out that show. I just don't have Apple TV Plus. We're going to get you in here because uh, uh, you got to watch it. It's great. It's great. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. Uh, this is, again, this is a, a league situation. This is me loving a sports thing 
and not caring for sports in the least. And that's granted because it's not really well, a sports that, like, show. The only one that you ever show any sort of interest in is soccer. So that's fair. That's fair. I uh, it, it's okay. So the, if, let me just let me just lay the groundwork for you for the show. This is and this is my favorite part about it. The man, the main character, Ted Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis. The whole thing, the whole shtick is he is just relentlessly kind. <laughs> like, and it plays. Well, I heard that's part of why everyone loves it so much is that in <sighs> a year after like a five year period of everything being terrible and this being the worst of them by far, that just having someone be kind and decent and like a show be relentlessly like nice yeah. and like, good is what we needed. It's part of the reason why Shit's Creek was thrived so much in the late latter years. Yeah, I, I I will say to get you amped up for the show, if you haven't watched it, I, I will explain to you all you need to do. Go on YouTube and type in Ted Lasso, Caesar, you later. And it's a one minute clip from like the fourth or fifth episode, fourth episode, I think. And it is, I, I was one of the, I rarely rewind something right after it happened to watch it again because I enjoyed it so much. And I think I did it once or twice. And then I watched the clip like at least four times afterwards. <laughs> I know you sent me the clip. I, I it's tremendous. <laughs> and it is exactly what you need every minute of every day. <laughs> <laughs> so watch that and then get on board and watch that last one because it's fantastic. That's one. Two. This is oh, this is a uh, this is what you're going to find that the, these two are related. This is me going. Oh right, I have a reminder in my notes, my uh, the my like agenda app that I use to cancel Apple TV because I had a free year of it. And then as this month rolled around, I got an email that's like we've extended it to February, and I was like, hey, thanks, <laughs> that gives me more time. Uh, I might as well take advantage of this because I certainly did not for the entire year that I've had this platform. So I was like, let's get in this. Uh, we watched the entire first season of Little Voice. This is since we've last spoken, by the way. <laughs> so it's like I don't know, nine episodes. They're like thirty-ish minutes long. Great show! Oh my goodness, it's fantastic. Really I'm good. With this one. I'm a sucker for a musical show and a musical movie. Uh, this is that, and it's awesome. Wait, it's a movie or a show? It's a show, but it's a musical. Okay, it's great. Well, musical. It's not a musical. It's got music in it. <laughs> There's a lot of singing. It's all written music written by and by Sarah Bareilles, but it's performed by the actress in the show who is a songwriter going through the motions of becoming like Sarah she's Bareilles. basically she's very <laughs> good, and she has to go through all the hoopla and the shenanigai. Of <laughs> I'm sorry, what shenanigai is a throwback to I think like episode eighty. <laughs> we've we've done this before. I'm gonna I breeze don't past it. I know we've had a lot of funs <laughs> with pluralization of words, but I don't recall shenanigans. <laughs> uh, so, uh, basically, yeah, like it's it's like loosely based on her experiences, but it's a it's a a more fleshed out like entire story with like supporting characters that are like really great, great, great Sorry, chemistry. Brief, brief interruption, yeah, just because that popped it into my mind. Uh, I did not realize until quite recently that Chaz Palminteri wrote. A Bronx Tale, and yeah. that's about his life. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that yeah. second part. Yeah, I mean, loosely, I don't believe it's 100%. Sure. Like, <laughs> like, obviously, there was things that happened in that movie that were very similar to things that he either experienced himself or witnessed or heard about while growing up in the Bronx. Had no idea. Hey, on that on that segue, that little that little cutaway that we just did there, uh, I'm going to throw another one at you. Uh, very unpopular opinion. Might cost us some listeners. Goodfellas. 
not a great movie. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, they disagree. <laughs> uh, maybe we should do that one day. I just watched it again, and I, uh, I've got feelings. <laughs> uh, no, I think Goodfellas is a great movie. Um, um, anyway, Little Voice. Uh, voices? Voice? I don't know if it's plural or not. It's a good well, show. I've never heard of it before we started talking about it in 90s. Also on Apple TV. Also completely hooked. Uh, very much looking forward to another season if that's a thing that's going to happen. Seems like it would be. Uh, finally, the other thing that I watched is the last few episodes of Dexter. Ah, I forgot that we have for for the last few episodes for now. Uh, I get it. I get it. I see why people are upset. It <laughs> it's it's fair. You're you're right. Like it's not. We we lost track of what we're doing. We. <laughs> We, uh, so it's actually insane. It's been just over seven years since that show ended, and for you to not truly know about the ending until now. Right? Yeah, I didn't know at all. Wild to me. Yeah, I, that's, it, it's crazy to me because I was assuming that at some point when I got through the final episode, I'll be like, oh, I'm sure there's something that I have seen that I've like tossed away because it wasn't relevant to me, and that'll come back. Like, we'll resurface. You've probably seen a gif of just the zoom in on his face at the end. Maybe, and I guess it was so throwaway having no context that it my brain was like, yeah, don't need that. that and off. it just tossed there's nothing, it. <laughs> there's nothing in there that would tip off the fact that that's what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I, uh, losing outside observer. Spoilers, I guess, for season eight of Dexter. Eight? Nine? I don't even know what season it was. Was it eight? Eight. Uh, that's the, we're going to talk about that for the next. Uh, go to the bookmarks if you're, if you don't want to, if you don't want to hear this, uh, you can skip to the next segment of the show. However, <laughs> because I do put the work in, to put those bookmarks there. <laughs> and I think they are underappreciated. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I've never used a bookmark in my life listening to a podcast. I, I, well, the thing is, they're there. I don't know how to. I mean, I just fair. use the generic Google podcast thing. Mm-hmm. Like, player. So, I like if there is a bookmark, well, I've never seen it. I do also put the bookmark timestamps in the description. So, at least I've those seen, are I've there. I've seen that. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> so, all right. So, we're going to get into this for a, a few minutes here. First off. Uh, if you're going to kill that character, it's gotta, it's gotta be bigger. It's gotta be more. <laughs> the, the way that it was done. Oh, I don't know. It was a lot. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. It was. We're uh, talking about dead, by the way. Of course. Oh, spoilers. Spo- uh, well, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, I know. I'm just so fucking. No, like, if you, like, uh, first off, you can't, you can't allude to it for, uh, I don't know, two seasons that she's going to go, which is what they did. Uh, if you're paying attention, she's clearly like, there's going to be some sort of un like unfixable divide between the two characters. And in the case of this show, that most likely would mean death uh, based on the way that they were set playing it out. Uh, which is not subtle they, at all, they, <laughs> which is funny because they ultimately fix their divide and that's what leads to her death. Yeah, we call that the walking dead. <laughs> we call that move the walking dead. That's when you make a character come back, you like them, and they just, they ax them. That episode. See, I always thought that the walking episode. dead was character who's never had more than two lines gets 40 lines, and that's how you know they're that's, dead. That's fair. That's more, that's a, that's the more that's consolidated the version of it. But uh, this was more of a, uh, this, this was people that knew what they were doing for the most part, doing that. So it, 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 they, they buried the lead just a little bit. But if you're paying attention, 
you see it coming from a mile away. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it was like the second episode of season seven. I was like, oh, she's not making it out of this. <laughs> and, I and I don't know what the line was, but it was just very clear to me. Well, it, do- it does kind of seem like the show at that point becomes a battle for Deb and Dexter's souls, right? Sure. So it felt obvious that at least one of them had to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess that's because, fair. Because ultimately he could have, it could have ended with him falling on his sword to save her, you know? That's, that's true. I, and that's actually what I was getting at is if she's going to go out, it has to be bigger. I do think that it maybe would have played a little bit better if it was more of like a heroic moment of hers of like, and it kind of was, but like. No, her, instead she dies because of gross incompetence by her. Gross. Like gross idiocy by her former partner. Incompetence. Yeah, that was really stupid. Um, but, uh. Also, I yeah, I don't know. It, it was dumb. It was real dumb. It was horribly handled at the very end, which is really funny because I was under the impression that, I mean, the eighth season is a bumpy ride. Don't get me wrong. Like, the whole, the whole thing's a bumpy ride. I mean, you can see in, like, the first four episodes, there are so many scenes where you can literally see the straining at the seams. Yeah, yeah. Like, one of the scenes early on, I don't remember which episode it was in. It's in one of the first, like, one or two or three episodes where Angel you know, had retired, but now he's back and also in charge. Yeah. And there's just a flat out Basil exposition scene. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it hurts. God. And he's like, try, he's the one doing it. And he is not the character to be doing exposition like that either. And it's like and Angel was a great character on the show, period. Like, but not he was not suited for that role yeah it's just like oh god i can literally see the wheels turning here it's 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 not great you know what else is not great is the like quinn and jamie breaking up so that deb and quinn can have a minute before she dies is really stupid because i think it would have been a much darker tale if they if him and jamie don't break up and it's still something that's weighing on him. And even though he's saying that she, he's not still thinking about her, he obviously is always thinking about her and like making it more of a character, uh, just a difficult thing for that character to go through silently. And like that would have, I feel like that would have been a little bit stronger storytelling. Um, that's what, that's you know, not honestly, another thing. It, 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 it probably took until now for this to really fully crystallize for me. Jamie gets such a tough assignment in this season. Dude, Jamie works on her birthday. To watch Harrison late because Dexter is a shithead. And it really bothers me. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, that's my point, right? Is like Dexter underappreciates her. Angel sure. doesn't respect her. Quinn is not a good boyfriend. No. Like she's just saddled with so much crap. Yeah. Yeah. And the only one that loves her is Harrison. Yes. Um, anyway, that bothered me. That's a whole thing. Uh, like, can we talk about uh, this garbage character, the Marshal? Not to be confused with the Marshal from The Mandalorian, who was a great character. <laughs> but wait, wait, sorry, I forgot who was the Marshal. Exactly. See? Exactly. He was the guy that fucks everything up. He is the guy that goes and lets the brain surgeon go, get stabbed in the chest because we're done with him, and then Deb gets shot. Yeah, that's def- Oh, you know what? I I, I was I, I I think I misspoke earlier. I I was picturing for some reason I thought Trump. Oh no, because Sean Patrick Flannery is on the bus later. Okay. That's right. For some oh, reason, I oh, was thinking it was. Can we talk about another useless character? <laughs> I mean, I love him. He's great. I actually, as I'm watching the first half of the season, I was like, oh, I'm surprised he hasn't been in more. And then I was like, oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna put the writing for this character in the garbage can set on fire. Cool. 
Cool. Well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> he, he quickly vaulted to one of the most unlikable characters yeah. on the show. And it's such a weird space to be in because he's so unlikable because he's so terribly written most of the time. But also, Sean Patrick Flannery's acting his ass off. Yeah. So, like, he's also intentionally unlikable, like, in, like, a good way. Yeah. Because of the acting, but in a bad way because of the writing. Exactly. He it's he gave 120% to some of that deserved maybe 16. <laughs> yes. Yes. What a weird number to choose. <laughs> uh, um, yes. Like, uh, yeah, I forgot that, yeah, that was that Marshall. Was the Marshall anyone? Was he someone like that's like a recognizable name? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know his name, and I don't but, remember yeah, seeing sorry, him. Sorry, when else. I said gross incompetence and gross idiocy. You meant that guy. Marshall. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that checks out. That tracks. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, on the other hand, doesn't. They, yeah, they they screw up his character entirely, and like you know what's my what's really stupid. Like this is a we put him on the bus. Oh no, he's on the bus. Like she's not gonna get out of this now. And I'm like, oh, first off, she's gonna throw that hot tea in his face. That's a hundred percent what's gonna happen. And she doesn't do it. I'm like, I'm upset. And then she stabs him with a needle and he goes to sleep. I was like, this could have been far better. She should have killed him. That would have been actually really cool and interesting for her character. Sure, except it also shows that she finally was going to stop just defaulting to that. It does, because, but I feel like it might have added a layer of complexity to her. Like where, like, the, like the fight. You know how Dexter's always pulled in, even though he knows by the eighth season that he should maybe fucking stop. Like, <laughs> that's the whole point. Is she? She got out. Does she okay. does grow up? She so is there going to she be does a... realize it's about something more than her and that there's more than one way to do it. Yeah. But it still stays true to herself because she's still drugged. Her. Right. Right. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. But all right. But basically him being on the bus, I mean, it really doesn't do much because at that point it does seem that she has turned around, which is yeah. great. And I honestly didn't need the extra 10 minutes of him on the bus grabbing her wrist in a really awkward way that like nobody else on the bus says anything like nobody says anything like it's it's it 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 looked aggressive at least like the people two rows behind should be just got their eyes on him right like is this okay is she okay whatever uh (laughs) so anyway he unnecessary she gets off the bus she's fine she takes harrison for a, a trip I, I guess it was a lot easier to fly internationally with somebody who is not even remotely related to you and is a minor back then. Whatever. Uh, no, that's still a post-9-11 uh, still a post, uh, 9/11 world. So, uh, Although, to be fair, a child that young wouldn't need a passport. Oh, is that the case? I think so. Oh. I don't remember what the cutoff is. I know that the passports are different for under 18. Sure. But... I think a kid that young might not need a passport. Well, he's got the Jack syndrome at this point, right? Because he aged three years and two months. <laughs> That's already so. About I don't know what I don't know how old he is. If we're being honest, <laughs> he could be nineteen by the time they land. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so okay, they get there. They get to wherever they're going. Argentina. Argentina. Um, they're fine. They're happy. Well, Harrison's happy. He's got ice cream. Uh, <laughs> she's not so thrilled. She thinks Dexter's dead. It's fine. And uh, and they they just well considering the the news headline, which so weird that she would get that newspaper with that headline in Argentina, but sure. that very helpful headline saying that very clearly Dexter died. That's right, Dexter Morgan found dead. <laughs> Dexter Morgan's boat certainly crushed 
anybody else on board, definitely dead. That's basically what it said in the newspaper. Uh, boat, boat of obscure, yeah, blood. Uh, what, what the hell was his title? Uh, blood uh, splatter and analyst. Blood splatter analyst found out to see Captain Shirley dead. Now, <laughs> he, so here's the thing. So let's let's circle back for a second. We're on the boat. Dexter takes Deb, throws her in the ocean. I am <laughs> not even remotely going to pretend to understand the symbology <laughs> but John Patrick Flattery. Flattery. <laughs> full circle. Um, well, it's, it is full circle, right? Because he's laying to rest his final kill. Because even though he didn't actually stab her. Sure, he killed himself, her. Whatever. It's his fault she died. It's fine. He wrapped her in plastic. It's not his fault she died. It is 100%, 100%. that douchebag Marshall's fault that she died. Let's be very clear. Chekhov's Marshall well, is the reason she's dead. <laughs> Chekhov's Marshall is actually a pretty good call. Um, no, I mean, like, obviously he bears responsibility because he brought her into this world and she should have never been involved with that whole situation with the brain surgeon, so. Okay, all right, that's that's fair. I want to say, though, uh, can we can we both agree that eighth season would have been far better if Chekhov, Chekhov's Marshall was actually played by Michael Rappaport? I feel like that's the character yeah, that he. I don't like that guy. <laughs> but I mean, exactly. Like I feel like he would have played that character really well. No, because I don't think Sean Patrick. Well, I have no reason to think one way or the other. I don't think Sean Patrick Flannery is a douchebag, but he played a great one in the show. Sure, sure. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, ben Affleck. If he was played by Ben Affleck, yeah, you know, that's when that's when you're on board. Uh, oh man, this was tough. Okay, so g- getting back to that for a second, they're on the boat. He throws her off. Uh, there's something interesting about that. I actually meant to look it up after the fact. I don't know if it uh, if it's true or not, but when I when she when he drops her into the water. I'm pretty sure one of her eyes opens for a second, and I thought it was supposed to be like a thing, like to make him like, like, like panicky or something. Uh, rewound it, could barely see it, so I'm not sure that it's actually what happened or if it was just my imagination. Anyway, what I was thinking was, I hope that somewhere on like an old DVD of season eight with like special features and bloopers and outtakes, that just as she dro- he drops her in the water, she just like opens her eyes and goes, "Surprise, motherfucker!" <laughs> like that. <laughs> I really hope that that cut exists. Also, if you were to do that and put that in, better show. Turns the entire series into a comedy. Boom. <laughs> it was... He peels the plastic off of her for a second, and it's actually... Yeah. yeah. Dokes in there. Exactly. Exactly. They play the long con. This whole thing has just been just a really long, like, eight-season joke, and the punchline lands, boom, right as he throws her into the water. <laughs> uh, it, it might have been a better ending. Here's the thing. I was fine with him dying in the boat. I think that would have been fine. Um, and then I was actually fine with him living out his days as a lumberjack. Uh, that's fine too. In like, uh, and, and in the way that they did it, right? He looked miserable. He he was basically putting himself through his own like penance, kind of. And he yes. he goes into the into this cabin that has uh, candles, which was hilarious. And <laughs> he sits down. And he closes his eyes and he's sitting at the table. And I'm like, oh, not terrible. I was like, this is a good way to end it. Then he opens See, his that. eyes. And I understand that he opens his eyes as a callback to like the first season. Kim clued me into when that happens originally. Uh, and I, that, that's fine. But it's wrong. It was the wrong move to make. He should have he had his eyes closed as it fades to black and the credits roll silently. And that's it. That should have been the end. And I would have been okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The eyes thing is kind of whatever. I think the, I actually, the eyes thing, 
like I was getting on board. I was like, I was like, I'm not thrilled, but I'm on board with this idea of him. And then his eyes opened. I was like, nope, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. <laughs> See, I'm not sure what's going on there with the eyes specifically. What I will say is, while a lot of the last season is not good, and a lot of those last couple, of, the decisions made in those last couple of episodes are not good. If you find a way to kind of just explain away or hand wave all of that part, right? Just like talk about the beats of like 50,000 foot view, right? He faces his final test. He tries to swear off the killing. He, that kind of is part of the reason that leads to Deb dying. Hmm. He gives in, kills one more time, rides off into the storm, survives, ends up as a lumberjack. That, you know, the beat by beat of all of that. I'm actually good with it. So, like, sure. the people who bitch about him showing up as a lumberjack, I mean, like, whatever. Like, you can like it, not like it, fine. That one is really I not offensive I, I, to me. I feel like it says more about you if you have real strong feelings about this, and maybe you should reflect. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> well, I mean, over the years, we've decided, or you know, we've all discovered, all of us have yeah. discovered, that it's really fucking hard to end a good show. Like, it just sure. is, Especially, like, a show that's so plot-heavy, right? Yeah. Like, you can end a Shit's Creek or a Parks and Rec with relative ease, because it's more about beats, right? It's about mm-hmm. character moments and getting to say goodbye. So that's fair. Breaking Bad has the perfect ending. Yeah. That's one of one in a million to get it right. Game of Thrones, obviously, like, horrendously bad. Yeah. Um, Comically. Both, like, theme and execution. Yeah. This, I think, thematically, I like it. Execution, bad. Mm-hmm. And then you have something like Sopranos, which is incredibly divisive. I actually am good with it. I like how the Sopranos. Yeah, ends. I still have to I'm see the totally end. <laughs> don't tell me you don't know how that one ends. I think I know how that one ends. I mean, that has been the like zeitgeist moment of the show, and everyone knows how that ends. It's yeah, like yeah, knowing yeah. that that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Like everyone knows. Well, I don't know it as clearly as that. I have an idea of what happens. What's your idea of what happens? A fade to black. That's definitely a fade to black. Okay. Um, with with heavy implications. It's, it's heavily implicated that something happens, though doesn't have to. Ooh. Nothing has to have happened, really. Okay. It's more because it's just how ominously it ends. There's not a specific thing. Like, you don't see a gun raised on someone or anything like that. It sure. ends. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and, like... Like cuts, like the like they are like blasting out. Don't stop believing and music, sight. All the cuts for like five seconds before the credits roll. Oh, interesting. So when it aired in like two thousand seven or whatever year it was, everyone thought their TVs or their cable cut out. That's awesome. That's that's pretty funny. I like uh, I like yeah, that. It actually caused a lot of hysteria. <laughs> I like that. Just that simple thing. But anyway, getting back to Dexter. Um, I don't like a lot of how they do the things, but thematically, like 50,000 foot view sure. I'm on board with all of the main points. Yeah. So I don't get too worked up about the lumberjack thing. The Deb stuff is the one that's more offensive to me. Agreed. And I think that's more justifiable in the complaints about it. Sure. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. It's a, uh, I couldn't give two shits about the lumberjack thing. I actually think it's fine. Like that. That's fine. I had more of a and problem again, with his eyes. It's opening. a callback. It's a callback to earlier in the show when they highlighted that that's what, Serial killer. That's the most, like the most serial killers by like per capita live up there, and he basically says, "How would that work as a retirement plan?" And that's what it ends up being. Yeah. His retirement plan is to go live out his days as a lumberjack. 
I am curious what coming back for a season will mean. Well, the thing is, the part of the finale that I think they got right, it threatens to undo it, right? Because you right. Kind of nailed it when you said this is basically him living out his penance because he doesn't get to have his son. He doesn't get to have the one person who can truly understand him and love him. Actually, either of the two of them, right? He doesn't get to have Deb or, oh my God, I'm totally drawing up like what Yvonne Strahovski's character's name is. Um, Hannah. Yes, he doesn't get to have Hannah or Deb. He doesn't get to have Harrison. He doesn't get to have the slightest bit of what causes happiness for him. I'm assuming that he's no longer killing while he's there either. That's the point of his sure. also abstinence from that. Yeah, no steak, um, no beers, no killing. It's well, there's plenty of, of beers in it's the part of his penance. Midwest, so <laughs> there's something plenty like of good fifty something hell marys. What what was the what was the line that uh, Brian said in the first season? You can't a guy uh, have a. Uh, you know, a steak and a six pack of craft beer with his uh, girlfriend's brother or something like that. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what they'll do. I will say like, obviously like at some point in the future, there'll be a spinoff series about Harrison being a serial killer because there's no, that kid has no shot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love the panic that actually, I really liked that little storyline. The panic he gets when Harrison scratches the kid. Oh, so good. At daycare, and he immediately sucks the blood. He goes, look, and he even gets rid of the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dexter's over, and I was just like, I guess Dexter's over now. That was basically how I felt when it was over. Yeah, and so that's why I like the Lumberjack thing, is because it does feel like it's right, where he finally realized. Yeah, I, I think you do like, that it, part it really without killing Deb, forms. or you kill yeah. Deb better. Yeah, I think it's just better. It do better. It do better. better. If she's gonna If she's going to die... I'm okay with that because that's been his fear. Like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? He's been fearing that forever. And then it happened. And it's because he couldn't give up his urge. Right. 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 So he lives out his penance, knowing that all the things he feared were justifiable his whole life and that he needs to pay. He's not going to pay all the way. He's not going to see justice. He's not going to kill himself. Yeah. But he's going to, he's going to self impose punishment on himself. right? Right. I don't get to have what I want anymore. And the people I do love who are still surviving, they don't have to be tainted by me anymore. Right. On a daily basis. It's totally fine. I don't see how this finale does anything other than undo the little bit of the finale they got right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I will say, while I understand, you know, I was joking. I understand what you were saying. Dropping Deb in the ocean, right? The last kill, the whole thing, the connection. Fine. Uh, you know what ruins that entire experience? Is... All I can now think about is the just the 30 minute journey of him sneaking a body out of the hospital. Like it was too much. Like could we like they if they just if he was just on the boat with her, I wouldn't have even questioned it. I would have just been like, yeah, he took her out of there. It's fine. Or like picked her up and walked out of the room and showed a little bit of the chaos and then they're on the boat, fine. But they go through the whole length of him walking out of the hospital to the dock. <laughs> down to the dock. Onto the boat, awkwardly untying the boat, <laughs> and then going away. And nobody looks, nobody, like, I understand, hurricane. I understand, there was a hurricane. Nobody looks. The hurricane also wasn't that bad, on account of the aftermath, when they showed it, the hurricane's gone now and everything's fine. Like, that's basically what the news headline was. <laughs> there was some wood. It was, yeah, with the lumberjacks. <laughs> Anyway, it's symbology. It's the, it's the uh, uh, it it ended. It, it's worth the watch. I I I I was 
entertained. I was, it, it I enjoyed starts, the show. I burned through it. It starts as a great show. It stands the test of time as a entertaining show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get the ending quite right. Right, it doesn't stick the landing. No. I will say, I finished this with incredible ease, and every time we sat down to watch it, I really wanted to watch it, which is not the experience really that I had. It's a entertaining show. Not the experience I had with The Sopranos. <laughs> no, Sopranos is not entertaining in the same way that Dexter is. No. But it's also not going for entertaining like that. I mean, there are fair. episodes that are entertaining like That's that. That's fair. For sure. Yeah. The Pine Barrens is very entertaining. Fantastic. I don't have the, yeah. I don't have the same reverence for it that a lot of people do, where it's this masterpiece, but very entertaining. Oh, no, it's not a masterpiece. It's good. Uh, <laughs> that's also how I feel about the show. Uh, no, I don't actually feel that it's good. That's a that's a lie. I feel like it's okay. I get it. We've talked about this at length. I get it. But just because it was good then, and it did something amazing for the genre, does not mean it's good now. Foreshadowing. Moving on oh, to the I mean, next. Some, some sure. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic. Uh, what's 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 up? What Mass Effect? We got some news. Yeah, so that thing that everyone's been speculating and rumor, rumor rumor mongering about for like eight months or whatever it is, yeah. been since the first like like indications that there could be a remaster. There's a remaster. Yes, um, sir. Uh, obviously, everything looked great, but it's also like all cinematic trailer. I that that's what, that's fair. I'd like to see what what they uh, had they upraised up textures and stuff like that within the actual game yeah. itself. And also, I want to yeah, I want to get into the nitty gritty of. I have to so I have to ask you this about then the, the Halo remaster. Sure. Is it just an updated version of each individual game, or do all of them share the same combat suite? They do not all share the same combat suite. Uh, it is okay, an updated so version of each game. If they if the if Mass Effect gets the treatment that Halo One and Halo Two gets, it will be well worth it. But see, that's what I'm concerned with because what is primarily needed beyond the graphics for a remaster of the first one is a fully overhauled combat suite. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to do that. But see, like that's the problem. Like, that's well, like, actually, do we know good. anything really? Do we know any details about this? No, right? No. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm only going to get so excited for this until I know the nitty gritty. Sure. I want to see what it looks like in engine. And I want to see what the combat suite is. I think creating a homogenous combat suite for the three of them. <laughs> is the way to do it. That would, that would be cool. The one thing that master chief collection does really well is there is a, if you go into the settings for the controller, you can choose the default layout for each game based on what it used to be. But then they also added a handful of universal layouts that will work the same for all of the games. I don't care about the layout. No, I know it's not the same thing as the combat, but like that was a thing that made it so that it was easy to bounce between games. Sure. Which I appreciated. That's that's great. Uh, I don't care about that so much. But the thing is, also, there wasn't nearly as much of a a change in the the lay of the combat suite from Halo 1 to 2 to 3 as there was from Mass Effect 1 to 2 to 3. Um, Obviously, there were some, but I mean, for the most part, it's you jump yep shoot you although actually halo 2 halo 2 confused the entire situation by adding dual wielding into it which was crazy to me this is a complete uh, side note here because i've been playing halo 2 again uh dual wielding was amazing why did we get rid of that it was so much fun to mix and match weapons and just wreck everything in front of you was it it was still in three i don't know that it was i think so if it was in three then certain things weren't 
uh, single-handed anymore. Like the needler wasn't single-handed. The needler went back to being. But it's not. It's not but, in the future. It's not in four or five. If I, I'm if pretty I, sure. Uh, well, yeah. So I think it was the post Bungie ones because I think Reach still had it as well. Oh, did it? Uh, I'm not as sure about it that as I'm about three, but yeah, I don't. I don't three, think three. I'm 99% sure had it, but yes, in particular, the needler no longer was. Got it. Got it. Anyway, dual wielding, lots of fun. Moving on. Yes. Mass Effect. So, <laughs> yeah, the combat suite, and, and it's funny because I, after several week hiatus, I finally got back into being able to play a little bit. Mm. Football season is tough for me to play much, especially while we're doing the show, because basically what it goes is Monday night, football, Tuesday night, movie, Wednesday night, recording, Thursday night, football, Friday night is kind of just relax. Uh, that's usually family time because the whole family's together for dinner and you know, either watch something, play something, whatever. Saturday, I tend to be the, if I'm going to do something social, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, and what that looks like in dramatically Spartan fashion as opposed to what it would look non-pandemic. And then Sunday is just football wall-to-wall. So basically, my only free time to play games is never. Maybe I get a little bit of time on a Friday. Maybe Got I it. get an hour before we record if I'm done with work early. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of football season, I have much more free time to do that. Um, got to play a little bit, though, on... Monday, because I was done with work super early, which never happens on Monday. So, got to play for like two hours. And, like, that's what it is. To me, it's the other thing I'm interested in because this actually informs all those other things that I've just mentioned. I really hope they go back to doing it on the Unreal Engine because that's what the first three games were made on. Uh, Andromeda and everything in BioWare post 2015 has been made on Frostbite, as with all other EA games that were made in house, not. Something like um, Jedi Fallen Order wasn't made on it because Respawn started that game prior to being purchased by EA, but then it was released under EA's um, Moniker. auspices. Yeah. So that's one of the rare exceptions. The only situation like that that allows it, like all other EA games, Madden, the Bioware games, yeah. um, Star Wars Battlefront. It's like a contract thing. Anthem, all of those things. Well, so what happened was EA decided they were no longer going to pay licensing fees yep. to outside uh, development tools, and they developed their own in-house. They purchased or created from the ground up. I don't know if they actually own Frostbite or whatever. Yeah, I think they so, built it, if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong. And that is a big part of why there are so many issues with so many games. It works well for some games. It doesn't work well for others, but mm-hmm. everyone's just got to suck it up and deal with it. We can talk about that more on when we continue. Actually, we've had a long break. When we continue our series on Bioware-related stuff on Game Bytes, mm-hmm. uh, that will absolutely be a big part of one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Andromeda, the combat suite is okay. The gameplay is a little rough because the way that the it works, the enemies become very bullet spongy, mm. and they don't have the same level of dynamic like damage done to different body parts. Like there are headshots, but it's not as responsive as it was in three okay. or even two for that matter. Um, in one, it's the most common, but still it required less shots to kill someone typically, but playing one was basically just spray and pray. You needed some tactical and like, uh, like skill in aiming and shooting in Andromeda. Mm. I actually really like what they did with the powers in Andromeda. That was a in a small like incremental upgrade over three, but three is not offensive in any way, shape, or form. It actually holds up quite well. The power suite mm. that had the best gunplay in the series by far, in my opinion. I'm not saying it holds up with any other shooter per se, sure. but just I derive a tremendous amount of joy from 
just going and fighting in Mass Effect 3. Right. So to me, if you could bring that to the other games, it'd be yeah. If you could, if you want to update it slightly, and you know, we might want to change a couple of things to stick within the world of what's going on in one and two. I'm fine with that, but just generally, just taking 95 percent of what three was with an updated version of the technology and putting that across one and two would make things so much better, mm-hmm. and it would make things like clean and consistent between all of them. Just put like smack like spackling a facelift on one doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the gameplay is so rough. It'd be really interesting if it were, if they did something. I don't know the themes of the game because like I said, I've only played through one a couple of times Two, I think I maybe only played through half of it. I never played three, but if, uh, if it were, if they were able to do something like that, but then also just combine them all so that it's not like a choice between the games, that would be like some ridiculously epic long game. That would be ridiculous. That would be pretty cool. Well, yeah. And that's what I'm, that's, I think the, the benefit to homogenizing, right? Yeah. Just pick one suite and graft it onto all three of them. That'd be cool. But all of the stuff is there for them. to. That do. sounds Only insanely thing- complicated from a technical perspective. I don't I, imagine. But I'm not sure why that would be the case though. It, it was clearly enhanced and changed. Like, structurally going forward if the one is that much different than the other ones to a certain extent but the thing is like the the core like gameplay loop is still the same it's a cover-based third-person shooter you have powers you have guns Mm -hmm. like i don't know why you can't just tweak everything i mean also who knows how long they've been working on it too so it's possible yeah, well, so uh, the only real thing that you need to change from like a structural standpoint, like mapping it out and everything, is you just have to give us the A button to get in and out of cover. Because in the first one, you just walk up to and from cover, which sucks. <laughs> but in two and three, you press A and you snap to cover. You press A and you snap out of cover. Nice. And from two to three, they evolve to... If you're against it and there's another thing, you could roll from one cover to the other. If you press forward, you can sprint out of cover. Like, just, like, the A button already does sprinting in one, so just make it the action button like it is with the other two games. Right. And they're basically the same game now. Now you're just playing with sliders of damage. Okay, when you get shot in the head with anything over the most weak of guns, boom, headshot dead. That's what happens in two and three. Why can't it happen in one? That doesn't seem like a big fix to me. Yeah, we'll see. There's no way to know unless they we did it and with us we had a deep dive from the developers. It's I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than that specifically, but uh Sure, but like the thing is it's within like the like the realm of like I mean It doesn't seem like it's impossible. Up. It seems like it's more more yeah. possible than not, but it's yeah. It's also a matter of how much budget they were given, how much time. Like let's be at the end of the day, this is EA. Well, they have a budget. Yeah, I know, but how much are they putting towards this? Well, I just mean in general, EA has a budget. They have so. it, but whether or not they use it for this would be is another thing. Well, I don't know why you'd bother doing this without. I I understand the point of it is that it's a cheap buck, but if you're going to do this, it's one of the most like below. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that EA was out of touch with what their consumers. Wanted. No, <laughs> if we're going to do this whole thing, I'm not saying you give it right. the, the budget that say Anthem got, but like you're. Sure. Why wouldn't you give it? A fan, like a button commenter to yeah. the point of doing this. Like, why do this if it's not going to be, I don't know, well, good? We'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, like, there was really no other detail other than this legacy edition of the games coming out. So, <laughs> uh, disagree. What? Disagree. N7 Day was quiet this year, quieter than other years. Uh, there was a rumor of a panel of the voice actors getting together. And I yeah. never saw that. Yeah, what was that? I, I didn't either. 
Right? I was looking like, I was like, oh, surely it'll just be a few hours from now because I think they just they timed their release of all this stuff to noon, I believe is when it came out. Okay. Um, everyone tweeted out their stuff about it and I never saw the panel materialize. Yeah. But one person broke from the mold of everyone else. So that's Mike Gamble, who is the project director. He was the, the game director for Andromeda. He's been working on the series since the first one. He's always been an executive. He's now like been the on it since like the main guys like Carpition and all of them left. Um, Casey Hudson is obviously back running Bioware again, which they have a chance to make good games again. if He stays in charge. Um, but Mike Gamble tweeted out a photo and it was not from the remaster. <laughs> oh, cool. So he very tacitly confirmed what we all knew was true and that they do have a team working on the next Mass Effect game. Nice. Uh, it was cool. There was a lot of like forensic study of this photo because the character models seem like they may have been like assets that were like reclaimed from other stuff, including like like character screens and like box art stuff. Because one of them seems to very obviously be a very specific, l- like low population character from the second game, mm-hmm. um, and. There's a couple other ones that like the, the silhouettes looked quite familiar as well, but it just seems probably like someone just did concept art and they just stuck that on there. But what's cool about it is the planetscape that they're on could literally be anything. doesn't matter. Right. Mm. The ship or um, habitat that they're coming out of though is very reminiscent of the structures you see in Andromeda. Cool. So it would seem to indicate, and this is obviously very early and that game's probably five years away, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it would seem that they're pushing forward with the Andromeda plan, which to me actually makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, there's no reason that they can't turn the ship around. Deeply imperfect game. Mm-hmm. Way over-criticized, for sure. Um, it was a good game. Not as good as the other three, but it's not a bad game. There was a lot of threads I really liked. There was, I could, like, like zooming out and looking at it, I could see how there could have been a really good game that came out of it. They just really, really botched the execution of it and yeah. again that's something we can get into on the the game bites uh episode when we do that yeah. topic because that is like an hour-long conversation in of itself <laughs> right, well keep uh keep up with us on game bites and eventually we'll get some more mass effect information out there uh, i'm i'm looking forward to it I, I i've been wanting to replay the games anyway so a remaster sounds fun to me also my series actually be coming in a couple days and i'm pretty excited about it is there an issue with them catching on fire is that what i'm hearing no <laughs> well, I don't know. Today, it's not, today was, no. was, was it yesterday or today that was the launch date? Uh, yesterday. Okay, so I didn't have a pre-order. I'm probably not going to get one this year, but early next year, mm-hmm. I, I think I'll, I'll be looking into getting one. Sure. Uh, once some of the games come out, like I don't know, Cyberpunk and all that yeah. stuff, and she um, Cyberpunked. Anyway, yeah, I surely made that post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that uh, past tense for sure. Uh, Astrid Kutcher as a robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's man, like a different game where it's not Keanu Reeves. It's Astrid Kutcher. Yes, yes. Altered um, timeline. I saw I saw something online when I was just kind of scrolling through Twitter briefly. I wasn't paying attention, and it was a lot of stuff about Heat and the Xbox. And I saw flames, and I'm like. Are they blowing up already? Probably not. No, I don't think that's true. Okay. No, I'm asking because you would be much more. Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard of anything reasonable. So, no. 
Um, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time a console launched. No, and, not at all. Uh, things really things will go wrong. Don't get me wrong. Especially like, this year of all year. If one percent of the machines have an issue, it's a big number. Yeah, I mean, if they launched, I don't know, ten million it, consoles like, in yeah, like the first week so. or whatever, like one percent of ten million is a lot. Of Here's money. the thing: when you're a new tech adopter, there's an inherent risk. Like, sure, uh, I would say though, generally, and I'm, again, I'm not saying this is happening. fire is not what you want. It's yeah, yeah. fire and explosion I, though. Is, understand? Um, understand? That's not something you expect as an early. Not ex- not, not excusing not that. Sure. <laughs> no, not excusing that for sure. But I will say, like, I'm sure whatever whatever issues you come across, they'll do right by it. They did in the past, and they'll do it again. Like it's it's fine. Do, Everybody do needs to calm remember? down when things go bad. Oh, so I know it was a long time ago. It's, we're talking about 15 years now. But does everyone remember how Microsoft handled? The Red Ring of Death and 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 Xbox 360. They handled it really fucking well. Actually, I've never seen a company handle something like that since. Yeah, it. I I only know that it, it was handled well because I had it, <laughs> and I had. Well, it. me too, and that's my point because they extended the factory warranty, which only was like originally what a year. They extended it to like eight years. Yeah, so and I know because I had a launch 360. Yep, and the Red Ring. Primarily, thing happened within the first of what two years. Mine got it after like four, and I got a brand new Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Yeah, for free. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's awesome. I uh, I got the Red Rings. I had it repaired, and then I traded it in for a Three Hundred and Sixty Elite, and with a friend that worked at GameStop, and he did it for like as himself, and got like a deal on it, so it. Did not well, cost me helps. much, which was fantastic. <laughs> but no, but like the fact that you were able to get it fixed for free and then like yeah, you have to hold you you won't have it for a bit. Like it's no big deal. Yeah, like it's that that was the biggest imposition was that I didn't have a console for like a week. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Got it for free. They they shipped it they shipped mine out for free. They shipped the new one to me for free. It was all free. Yeah. And it was four years after I bought it. It's like you don't get a better deal. Yeah, no, it was, that, the that was pretty good. they earned with all of that. Like if they just keep that same energy, like they honestly, they, like they'll win the console wars just over. There. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, uh, do you want to get into some fun and games? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. This week I have for you, which awesome 80s Harrison Ford hero are you? That's the title of the okay. quiz. Uh. And when I say, by the way, how did Harrison Ford have the time to do all of these movies? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> this quiz is also from thequiz.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how would you get from point A to point B? Millennium Falcon, Air Force One, biplane, police spinner. Air Force One was in 1997. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more about so- how you relate to the character, maybe? I don't know. It's well, I just know that you said 80s Harrison Ford. Oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Wait, sorry. You said Falcon, Air Force One, and what were the other two? Uh, biplane and Police Spinner. I'm going to go with Millennium Falcon. I, I mean, I think it's the answer. only answer, and I'm pretty sure. But just by that alone, you'll probably get Han Solo. What would probably. be your ideal setting for an adventure? A dark, grim future? Space? On a plane? Ancient ruins in Egypt and around the world? Yeah, we're going to end up Han Solo here because I'm going space. Yeah, obviously. Uh, what would you do if you thought someone was an enemy? Shoot first, ask questions later, <laughs> administrate the Voight-Kampf test, whip the gun out of their hands, then tell them to start talking. Let them talk, but have your blaster ready under the table. Uh, yeah, it's going to be that one. <laughs> if you, I'd, let's let's keep going this route. I'd be very impressed if you don't get Han Solo. 
What is your weapon of choice? A whip? MP5 submachine gun? A blaster? The 2019 Detective Special? I don't know. I do like the whip. Uh, do the whip. Do the whip. It's fine. Uh, what would you do if captured by enemies? Wait until their guards are down, then break free and kill them. Watch them to see what I could learn about them. I trust my friends to come and rescue me. Pretend to join them and then betray them. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say observe the en- the enemies, I think. Okay. Something like that. Observe the guards. What would you add to the outfit to make you really stand out? A hat, a trench coat, a tie, a vest. I'm going to go with hat. <laughs> you didn't watch I Met Your Mother, did you? No. Uh, never mind then. If you <laughs> if you weren't being an action hero, what would you be doing? Smuggling? Air Force pilot? A teacher? A replicant? <laughs> um, I guess Air Force pilot. Count. You were, you were a spice runner. You were stormtrooper. <laughs> if you could learn more about anything, what would it be? Origami? Ancient artifacts? Giant space slugs? Hostage negotiations? Was hostage negotiations all one answer there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, you paused so weirdly in that. Hostage, hostage negotiations. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go with that one. I don't know. Okay, interesting. Who is your ideal woman? The strong, independent type? A traditional woman? A sweet, quiet girl? And high-class woman? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> um, what exactly is a traditional? I don't know. <laughs> is this like 1950s nuclear family? Maybe where she just cleans the house all day. Maybe like that's what we're going with. Uh, it's not great. Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is not the best question. I think N high class woman is probably the greatest answer I've seen. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm going to go with. I'm not entirely sure what it means. Sure. I'm confused by the gra- the grammar and punctuation, but. Let's go with it. What is your greatest fear? Robots, prison, snakes, terrorists, and high-class women. Let's go with snakes. Okay. It's become a more of a fear for me because there are so many of them that live around mm. us. <laughs> and if- I'm constantly stepping on, like, nearly on them. And I don't know how I haven't gotten bitten. And so I'm now getting, like, a thing about that. Yeah. Because I'm like... I can now count on like three hands how many times I've stepped within six inches of one. Mm, it's not great. Wearing shorts and sandals. Yeah, I don't like that at all. And I'm like, honestly, at this point, I'm wondering if we have dumb snakes because why <laughs> haven't they bit? <laughs> you have dumb snakes. If you were stranded <laughs> because, on a because, because honestly, why haven't they bit me at this point? <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island, what would you bring? Lots of Chinese food, chewy, a pistol to hunt wild <laughs> animals. I only need my bare hands to survive. Now, is that bear, B-A-R-E or B-E-A-R? <laughs> it's like the right to bear arms. <laughs> Everyone has a right to hang a pair of bear arms in their house. Uh, sorry, I'm still laughing about dumb snakes. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a pistol. Okay. I'm going to go with Chewy. Yeah, I mean, that's a good answer. Too. What is the worst fate you can imagine? Finding out that my life is a lie, being forced to take part in a bloody human sacrifice, seeing my wife and daughter executed before my eyes. What is that? The fugitive. Right. Being held against my <laughs> will. 
I know. I mean, I too am still caught up on like this is supposed to be '80s movies, right? Not his '90s catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, although I guess technically in Air Force One, they also mm. actually that's probably that's probably what. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't. Did he have a kid? In the I don't know. I haven't seen that. I think I saw The Fugitive once a long time ago, and I remember it more vividly just because of John Mulaney breaking it down. <laughs> I've seen U.S. Marshals twice. Yes, but I've never seen. Yeah, yeah. U.S. Marshals. I remember liking that. It's a good movie. Uh, yeah. Good, great 90s action. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's go with the wife. All right. Yeah, it seems terrifying. Uh, why are people attracted to you? I'm scruffy looking. I'm a scruffy wait, looking nerf wait, herder. Wait. Wait. <laughs> We're breaking news here. <laughs> You're telling me that people are attracted to me? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm scruffy looking, but in a lovable way. I'm the mysterious type. My d- daring approach to life. I was going to say darling. My daring approach <laughs> to life. I'm a natural born leader. Ooh. I am a natural born leader. But I was going to go with my scruffy looking nerf hurt. I mean, my scruffy looking uh, but lovable uh, looks. Who is your greatest enemy? The Nazis? Replicants? The Galactic Empire? Terrorists? This is weird because this is one of those um, multiple choice things where you're supposed to cross out the two answers that are the same because the Galactic Empire are Nazis. Right. Um, let's go with Nazis, though. It's a little more topical. Okay. <laughs> Who would you disguise yourself as to escape your enemies? A Nazi officer, a stormtrooper, an innocent civilian, and high-class woman? <laughs> no. A, a, page, <laughs> a patron at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> They're really caught up on that scene from fucking... Uh, Seriously. Temple of Doom. Um... Actually, that was one of my favorite stupid jokes that they did in Family Guy. When he, <laughs> I don't even remember what the setup to it was, but I know like what you're talking Megan, about. Yes, Peter at odds, and you know, Peter goes, "Oh, that's funny. What are you going to do about, to get the antidote?" And she goes, "What antidote? To the poison you just drank." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go with an, a civilian. All right. I mean. I'm pretty sure you wore a Nazi helmet once, but whatever. I didn't. (laughs) People wore it. I didn't wear it. What is your greatest strength? Not letting my emotions get in the way of my work. My knowledge in my field of study. I never give up. I've got tons of tricks up my sleeve for all kinds of situations. I'm really upset that that never give up didn't. Wasn't followed by a never surrender. (laughs) If it was, it's Um, the only acceptable answer. uh, I'm going to go with the emotions not getting in the way of my work, though. Okay. What is your greatest weakness? I'm far too trusting of people. I often feel like I'm in over my head. I'm too damn stubborn. I tend to get influenced by greed. Uh, I guess let's go with the stubborn part. Although the the thing about you're far too trusting, wasn't that Leia and not Han? I don't know. Isn't that Moff Tarkin in the first one when, when he's threatening to blow up Alderaan and what's mm-hmm. the location of the rebel base? And, uh, she says, Dantooine, and he goes, you're far too trusting. And he, play, you know, he blows yeah. up uh, Alderaan right there. Who would you want as your sidekick? A small Chinese boy. I prefer to go it alone. <laughs> a large, hairy alien. A mysterious, quiet cop. Oh, a large, hairy alien, for sure. Although, I'm a big fan of short round. Uh, yeah, hold on to your potatoes. <laughs> that was a, it's a great <laughs> line. <laughs> uh, okay. A uh, large hairy alien. What kind of animal symbolizes you? Wolf, jackal, lemur, or lion? Wolf. What is your guilty pleasure? Tinder, Chinese food, fight clubs, or Chinese food? Jesus Christ. Recreational drugs. 
Uh, they really are hung up on that scene. <laughs> yeah, Did they only I mean, watch the first 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, and then it's like not a part of it in any way, shape, or form ever again. Right. Like um, so much so that like they didn't they didn't say short round as the option. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go with Chinese food just because I had it for dinner a couple hours ago and it was delightful. Mm, what'd you have? General Tso's chicken. Nice. If you had a son, what do you think he would be like? An evil power hungry maniac? A greaser type, a rebel, a modern citizen. I would never have children. A model, Sorry. a model citizen. I said modern citizen. A model citizen. Um, could you? He's a modern citizen. He's just a regular person today that exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many options was that Four. exactly? The greaser type rebel is one. Okay, let's go with that one. Okay. Why not? What was your childhood like? Typical Boy Scout type? My parents were strict, but let me be independent. I had a rough upbringing. I don't remember much. Um, I guess let's go with the Boy Scout type. Okay. What would convince you to do something that you're reluctant to do? If someone I cared about wanted me to? If it meant saving my in- many innocent lives? There's a very odd capitalization thing happening here. <laughs> if it was a situation where I had to keep evil people from succeeding, I would have to be blackmailed. So this is what was going to make me do something I didn't want to do? Yes. I guess the was it the one about saving innocent lives. Okay. Out of these people, who do you think would be most likely to betray you? One of your sworn protectors, an old friend, your employer, a beautiful woman, and high-class woman. <laughs> Let's go with an, an high-class woman on this one. Okay. What is the most important thing to you? Family, discovery, romance, work? Family. All right. Vin Diesel. See your results. <laughs> I'm not even drinking a Corona. Hey, you got President Marshall, who is nice. decidedly not from the 80s. <laughs> decidedly not. He is from 1997. Congratulations. You are President Marshall, Harrison Ford's character from the amazing 90s action movie Air Force One. They even know. What? <laughs> Air Force One. This fictional U.S. president knows a thing or two about Fighting off bad guys and save the day in the end. I, um, I, in my my head, read that as fingering bad guys. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh wow, this is a different I, movie uh, entirely. <laughs> I have seen that movie a few times. It's been a couple. That of is years. not what happens. I'm quite certain he fingered no one in that movie. <laughs> Jesus. Whoa. Okay, let's get into our flick of the week, shall we? Blade Runner, released in 1982, rated R with an hour and 57-minute runtime. A Blade Runner must pursue and terminate four replicants who stole a high... Sh- uh, whoa, who stole a ship in space and have returned to Earth to find their creator. Uh, I have a so short, small backstory with this. We might have mentioned it on the show before. I've got a little bit of a backstory with, uh, with Blade Runner here, and that is that I've attempted to watch this movie a number of times. and Maybe this was my third watch, third attempt, like third sit down with the movie. The previous two times, I normally don't turn off a movie and I normally finish what like I'm watching. I guess I had just put it on like way too late in the past. That's exactly how this is my second attempt at it. That's exactly how it went for me as well. I started watching it like 1030 at night and realized, oh, I'm going to fall asleep. Let me get back to this. And I just never did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, so it was never really an issue with the movie itself, just that I was, it was late and I was tired. Yeah. Uh, this time I, 
the, I watched it through this time, but I wasn't tired going in and I fell asleep. I fell asleep like, I don't know, 45 also minutes same, into the movie. The same thing for what happened to me about the turn of the second to third act during a pretty crucial scene. Yeah. Um, I was really struggling to stay awake. I, I kind of like sat myself yeah. got up, walked around, Dude. came back, made it through the rest of the movie. It's probably one of the very few scenes that had really crucial dialogue too. Mm. And I just didn't have it in me to like rewind and watch it again. And honestly though, I don't think I missed it. Probably not. I, so I will get to that more. I fell asleep, woke up. saw the last 30 minutes of the movie, then rewound it and watched that midsection. And I'm pretty sure I would have had the same experience with it either way. Yeah, I think so for me, too. I'm just more frustrated with myself than anything. Sure. So why don't you, uh, let's kick it off with your tweet length review. Sure. A contemplation of the nature of self and oppression that's more interested in just contemplating it and not saying much about it. Mm. Big on vibe and aesthetic, light on plot, six out of ten. Nice. Oh, how? We're, uh, and how? We're on the same same score train here. Uh, I said... It would have been awesome to see this for the first time 38 years ago. However, I did not. While I can recognize what the movie has done for its genre, Blade Runner really just makes me realize how far we've come. Six out of ten. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like we have a lot of similar thoughts. I will say, I probably agree with your thought, like, if I had seen it then, maybe I would have more appreciation for it. Yeah. That being said, it really didn't age that poorly it's not super reliant on CGI in no. the way that other movies of the it's time It's more the are. storytelling that aged poorly. Yeah. It's or a, lack it's, thereof. It's a throwback. Because it's very Western-y. Right? Yes. It's that Western in space mm-hmm. where it's big on, like I said, contemplation and mood and aesthetic and the vibe of what's going on. But man, there is a story to be told here. Yeah. And they just don't. they don't and they keep skirting it like the idea like and which is what i think that's what i really liked about it It, it's very big the idea like it's contemplating being right like and a great medium for that is something becoming aware that it is not natural and that's what was frustrating me right because it's obvious from early on in the movie that like the nature of one's self and consciousness and all of that and personhood is here and they do an okay part, like bit of that, right? Like, mm-hmm. like there is some of it there. I, I'd like a little bit more meat on the bone there, but it, it's okay that part of it. Yeah, but it was only at the end of the movie that I realized how important the idea of like oppression and like slavery was supposed to be. This movie, I was like, oh wow, you guys would have crushed this if you know you ever actually said that at any point before, right now in the final ten minutes. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> like this would have been a really good movie yeah. if you actually gave us something the replicants thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be verbally. It doesn't have to be exposition even. Like some would be nice, but like show me them breaking free of their chains. Right. And it makes this so easy to empathize with and it makes this a really strong movie even if you want to go super spartan on the dialogue to stay true to that western sensibility mm-hmm. show me them rebelling against their masters right even even moments of quiet reflection like where they're clearly thinking deeply about something 
which they but it's like they could be thinking about anything you know even that though like that was few and far between like you you have to if you're gonna do that you also have to choose your beats right you have to see like decide specifically when to do that like where something just happened or something or it leads into something else happening but they they did like a lot of that quiet contemplation randomly it seemed yes like the only of one of the replicants where you actually really get something that kind of feels and it's it's not super tangible, like what again, like she's she's contemplating. But Pris, when she's sitting in um, JF, whatever the fuck his name was, his <laughs> house, it's like okay, she's really deep in it, yeah. And like that was actually kind of pretty powerful as she's watching all of these creations of his like flirt around her, like you know, yeah. Like, that, but it always it feels like it's like okay, you almost got, yeah. It. You were you, you know were like I mean? oh, you were right there. Yeah, yeah like you're so miss. close <laughs> to getting it. You're so close to getting it. Like that's like a foul tip. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, God. That yeah. That was. It, it's it's. I think that's the that's pretty much the entire movie is feeling like oh there's something cool that could happen here and then it just doesn't. Yeah. And you're like, like just, damn like what's happening like what's up like it's like are you just all like you <laughs> off like I I understand like I know it's an older it's an older movie if this genre like the earlier the earlier time frame of the genre, but it's like, and that's why I say like, I can appreciate something like this paving the way, because if you could see past it and realize there was something pretty deep happening there, they just never actually gave it to the audience. Uh, I felt, I felt so similar watching this. And I know they're only a couple of years apart. Actually, nearly the same year. I don't remember. I felt so similar watching this as how I felt watching doom where it's like, Oh wow, there is something there. And you guys just didn't, do it yeah like you know it's and, it's oh man it is it's frustrating and yeah i'm so frustrated because i'm like i want to like yeah you. let me like yeah you. yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, you i'm trying to give you my money but you, you don't am, want like, it <laughs> i'm trying to give you my like respect and attention and adoration here yeah and you, you are rejecting it i just again like this similar to dune this movie there was both too much dialogue and, and not, not enough. enough dialogue yeah because the scenes where they really cut it up. They don't fucking say anything that matters. Yeah. It's all like, like some of it is so jargony that it's like, I can't really follow what you guys are getting at here. All right. And sometimes it's just like totally conversational. It's like, this has nothing to do with anything. So, so, so go, pulling all the way back for a second, we have this corporation that creates these replicants. These replicants are uh cybernetic organ. There's their AI. That look like people. I was a little confused on that too because it's like it would feel like okay, well, just cut one of these things and like it should be pretty obvious it's not human. Like I think back to like Alien where it's like, yeah, yeah, the, like the the cyborgs look and sound and act so realistic, but then they start spraying white liquid everywhere. And it's yeah, like, oh, that's not human. Yeah, so so we have these uh, this company that makes these uh, these uh, I don't know the, these replicants replicants. Thank you and. Uh, they give them a a short lifespan specifically because their technology is so advanced that they can think, which is mm-hmm. a blessing and a curse in the creation of these replicants because that could mean that they could be very efficient and very logical and methodical in their actions. However, w- there's a bell curve there, right? And then all of a sudden, they're just ripping you to pieces. Like It's like Westworld where it's like, oh, like eventually it might become sentient. Right. But in this case, they're post that, like... Oh, it will always become sentient. Yeah. The, the point is, 
Let's just nip it in the bud short enough where it can't become sentient enough. Exactly. And like, we know it's going to happen. Which is so just dark. Like that's a dark thing that they're doing. And especially once you, that actually would add weight to the idea of the character. It does add weight to the idea of the replicant becoming aware and then finding out about the life expectancy and then having to reconcile that. That whole thing you know is I, interesting. You know what I realized. What's that? I realized what you we were talking about. Oh, do this but better. You know what did this exact story but better? One sixth of Cloud Atlas. <laughs> it's very obvious that David Mitchell saw Blade Runner or read Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep by right. K. Dick. He did one of those two things, maybe both, yeah. and was like. Oh wow, I could do that better. And then he did. Yeah, I mean even strong influences and what makes Ex Machina so amazing too. Like and that's like that's more of the other side of the human dealing with it where the robot is just well, smarter. Like it's Yeah, well, but it's also but it's also like before like the veil is like yeah, yeah. it's like oh, so surely we won't be the one to create the sentient one that can become a human that will kill us all. Right. And then he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and Cloud Atlas and Blade Runner have done the just beyond the veil where it's like, oh, it's going to become sentient and have feelings and thoughts. Let's just get rid of it before it can do that. Right. We don't have to feel icky about killing it. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 again, it's a great concept. It's cool. It could be explored in a really deep, interesting way. It should be yeah. the point again, of- Cloud, Cloud Atlas did it where- you have oh I don't know a violent overthrow of the the systems and and government because the replicants in that case it's fabricants mm-hmm. they even sound like the same thing yeah. they realize oh wow we're being executed in mass because they don't want to treat us like people even though we are people but the I feel like the um the point of telling that story is to get you to think about your own being right and your own like that like to make you almost think about like what what is life what is it to exist but like that's it's to get into your head and have you think about that and what it seems to almost do right is it it does that where uh harrison ford's uh what rickard what is his name deckard Deckard, rickard (laughs) is it rick deckard Um, is rick part of it was it frank it's rick deckard sorry Uh, just pull it up rickard I put it all together. Uh, it's like it's almost as if he's the proxy for. I had a mo- I had a moment where I, I would, before I turned the movie on, where I was like, "What's his name again? Is it Deckard Shaw?" And I was like, "No, nope, that's Fast and the Furious. It's something Deckard." <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's like he's the he's he's the audience like watching these replicants and like especially like the ones that seem to be coming uh, like really coming to grips with like existence and understanding it and trying to. Um, and then a very rapey scene that really throws the whole thing for a loop, which I was not a fan of. Uh, but the idea of like you were, oh, yeah, what was that all about? I, I think I was a little kind of dozing. Yeah, that. probably the best time for you to fall asleep because it was it was odd. It was not. What was going on? What was going on in the early eighties? Because I I don't remember. Did I tell you last week about watching Evil Dead and yeah yeah the tree the, rape the actual rape yeah the tree rape that happened in yeah, that? yeah. um also. <sighs> Is it, is it a Harrison Ford thing? Because <laughs> a Harrison Ford in the '80s thing. Maybe. Because I, I even as a young kid watching the scene, it never really sat right with me when him and Elsa hook up in Last Crusade. Yeah, yeah, it seems forced. There's a lot of literally. There's a lot of force, and I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it at all. No. Um. Anyway, ugh, ugh, that so that whole thing happens, but it's like it's almost as if so he's it's it seems like he's supposed to be your proxy, right? Like thinking about it and helping you think about it too. Like the idea of like, yeah, but what does it mean it's to be fine. alive? She's not even real. What does it mean if like you're if you're 
if you're aware of your existence, then do you exist? Like, you know, I think therefore I am like, 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 what is it? What like, and, and to make you think about it. And then it's like, I feel like him being, I mean, I guess, I guess spoilers. The movie's old. Um, Watch it nearly 40 or not. (laughs) I, I thought something early on in the movie of where it was going. And then when it got there, I was like, that makes sense. I called that two hours ago. I fell asleep in the middle of it. Called it before I fell asleep. And then we got there and I'm, I'm right. And then I went online after, we'll get there in a second. Afterwards, I went online and I looked and I was like, wait, this is an open-ended question. Like, I thought this was just a thing. Like, he's a replicant, right? Like, there's no, like, in my mind, there was no question. Oh, no, it's definitely always been left open as a, now, I don't know if the director's cut gave a more firm answer. I don't know. Um, and I don't know if they answer it in 2049 because I've done my best to avoid all information about that movie. Sure. Ultimately, I think we're going to do it for the show. Oh, yeah. I'd like to watch it. Yeah. I didn't, well, I want to watch it. I just don't want to watch it until I had seen this. Sure. Of course. Um, to my knowledge, though, and I knew that before having ever seen this, that I know it's a big um, cliffhanger at the end of the, or like a big discussion piece after the movie's done, whether or not he's a replicant. To me, I'm going to take a very pragmatic view on this. Mm-hmm. He gets his ass all sorts of kicked this whole movie, so I don't think he can be a replicant. Interesting take. I, in my mind, he is, or he is some next, maybe a version 10 that is completely like made of grown tissue or something because he uh well that's the other thing is he seems to very obviously not be made of fake things right and so so maybe made of human material maybe he's like i don't know what is it nexus seven or whatever the next yeah, one is yeah, right that's what was, they were nexus 6, uh right? maybe that's what he is because the whole the whole idea of like the unicorn dream and then the origami unicorn at the end was like oh like is this not just the whole idea of we know your dreams like we know like that, we told. Like that's a line in the movie. So I thought it was. Yeah, I was honestly mad about the unicorn at the end because it's so heavy-handed. Because, like, you can make it an interesting, compelling discussion piece, and when you start to do that sort of shit, it feels like you only kind of stumbled on it at the end of the script, where it was like, yeah, oh wow, I guess you could kind of see there might be a false or like a like a duality thing here, where maybe it could be either thing you know what, let's reinforce that by dropping a fucking unicorn on the floor. And I'm like, no, fuck you. Be more subtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a movie in which you are taking a big step back and putting a middle finger up to me with how much you're not going to say in show. Yeah. You don't get to have that at the end where you're too heavy-handed because you've been way too that's subtle. That's totally like, fair. That's, that's a fair criticism. Uh, but that being said, they did do it. And if you're sure. gonna do it, he's a replicant, right? Like, I in my mind, I don't understand how there's a question based on the scenes, what they with 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 what they have given me. That is a very reasonable conclusion. Otherwise, just, why is Edward James almost making unicorn origami and putting it on the floor? There's no other reason for it. See, I like I said, I did kind of doze at times, so I feel like maybe I might have missed something. I well, actually, you know what? You did. Oh, okay. So you you remember the unicorn dream? I remember the unicorn dream. The scene that actually I'm very hazy on is the scene when Roy and the other replicant go to the doctor's office. Okay. Like I, I remember a little bit of them asking. They're trying to get to the point of, is there a way for us to continue living? Basically, right? yeah. And they're they're going to shut down. And then he doctor, breaks his right? head. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, wow, I didn't realize that George R. R. Martin stole that from this movie. <laughs> um, because it is literally a shot for shot remake of the mountain crushing. Yeah. Um, Oberyn Martell's head spoiler for Game of Thrones no um 
like exactly the same thing. Yeah. But that being said, I don't recall all the dialogue that happens there. I definitely dozed off between them showing up at the office and him killing him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I did not dozed off. Like I was on the edge of it where you're just not retaining anything that's coming into your brain. Gotcha. Yeah. No. Well, that, I don't think that's, that's really that important. It was the, when that character, when we were introduced to that character the first time and um, the character that uh, Deckard uh, basically rapes, um, it, they have a conversation. Was that her name? What? Rachel? Rachel. Uh, that sounds right. Uh, they have a conversation about like her dreams and the creator talks about, we know the dreams. We, we gave them to them. Like that, that whole yes. thing, the dream with the unicorn and the unicorn origami. Like that's all like it, it's, it's, it's Chekhov's origami. Like it's not like he did the origami in the beginning of the movie. And then we brought it back and it was a unicorn and it was, it connects that entire it connects all of those dots. Yeah, I get that part of it. Um, the thing is, though, it, you start. This is the problem with this sort of approach to movies. I'm becoming more and more frustrated with this sort of oh, we're creating open-ended questions and all that mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it, it's becoming frustrating to me now because a lot of times the logic within the movie ends up breaking itself. Like you can stay consistent to that storyline, but it breaks other things that happen. And so, like the Nexus Six was the most advanced production thing. There is an experimental one that I guess hadn't been seen before because it can pass the vote, whatever the fuck test it was. Yeah. And that's what he does to Rachel. And he basically assumes he doesn't actually even say for sure that she fails the test. It's just, he has a sneaking suspicion that she's a replicant, right? Because there's inconsistencies and all that, but she largely passes the things that that test is created to prove. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's already the next advanced model. For him to be a replicant, he'd have to be an even more advanced. No, no, and I actually do think that that's the point because I do think he is an even more advanced than that because the idea of bringing so him he, in... So that he's really like the next like, six, eight. Uh, eight the yeah. Uh, it basically, like bringing him in, like there was a... It was very forced. He has to be the one to do this. Basically, I feel like the, the entire point, I think, was to get him in front of her in an interview situation with the judgment that, that starts- of she is a replicant. Like or like thinking about it and never once questioning himself. I get that, but see, this is what I'm saying about okay. So we can we can take the through line of we want to say that he's a replicant and all of this is to show us that. Yeah. Fine, let's hold that as true. Sure. It then starts to break the whole plot of the movie because what plot? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Finn, I didn't want to be that Finn, that Finn, mean though. about it, but I that is I I don't think it was very good. <laughs> No, um, Finn, though it is, right? The whole point of... It's obvious that at this stage in the game, there are no Blade Runners. Mm-hmm. They have to bring one out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Like, for that justification to like work, it also would mean, and I understand that this is a dystopic world and whatever, but the level of complicity by the police department with this corporation in order to run this test... The amount of money spent on the backstory and creating him, implanting him in this world, these like the, the world already knows that this replicant exists. It wasn't like one of those situations where like it's not like something like Memento where it's like, oh, like he just wakes up in this moment. Like I, I get like that's not what happens, right? But like yeah. in that movie, but where he's just like, oh, he's waking up and he's a part of this world. Oh, sorry, Total Recall would have been a better call, which also I think is a Philip K. Dick story. Um where, you know, oh, he just wakes up and, like, hey, people know him. But it's, like, four people, right? It's, like, four people who have to, like, pretend and hide. Like, there's two, like, he is an ingrained part of this world. So you break the whole world that you're in and the whole plot 
by making him a replicant, honestly. But do that many people know? I feel like it is only a, it is only that handful. I mean, it felt like he had a reputation. A fake, but a reputation that was created. Like it was fabricated. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels inconsistent. It just it doesn't feel well. At the end of the at the end of the day, if that's what the story that you want to tell, that's actually a pretty cool story to do, right? Convince the audience that he's not, while turning him into thinking that he is, and then maybe he is or he isn't by the end. That's that is a cool story to do, but that's not the story that they were doing. Yeah, Yeah. that's my. That's (laughs) That's your point. point. Yeah, (laughs) pick a lane. I don't know. Pick, pick a thing. Pick something. Just decide what you want to do before you start shooting, maybe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It feels like they were trying to do too many different things at once and it just becomes this kind of garbled mess. Yeah. Because like I'm okay to a certain extent with some of that duality and we're not 100% sure. With, like a, One that did it pretty well was Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Like That wasn't an offensive version of that to me. Like the way that it ends with like some questions to be asked about all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say it, you know, <laughs> but that's not that old of a movie. It's only a couple of years old. So I don't right. like spoiling that. No, that movie, movie, that movie so, should definitely not be spoiled for you. I really want to watch it. I've got the 4k version of it. I really want to watch it on my brand new TV. I'm terrified, terrified to watch. it. <laughs> well, this time you can do it like with the lights on and you sure. do it at like 11 a.m. or something like that. Yeah. We saw it at like 11 a.m., but we were in a dark theater and yeah. we had a guy sitting right behind us. Yeah, it was a weird, and, it was an awkward uh, situation. Yeah, it was weird. And then your cat haunted me at night. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, no, it's definitely not as creepy watching it. The, yeah. <laughs> watching it the second time because I've now seen it, what, three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually it, that movie plays wild tricks with your mind because watching it now, knowing what's coming, like the second time I watched it, I was like, the specifically the scene in the lighthouse, like the final part of the scene of the lighthouse, mm-hmm. when she makes her realization. Watching that when we were in the theater, it felt like it went on for twenty minutes. Yeah, it's like three minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> um, actually, I think I mentioned it. it was like literally two and a half to three minutes yeah. long. Um, but regardless, getting back to this one. Um, and, and I've like, so I, I expressed some of this when we did the Joker episode, right? Where it frustrated me so much because on this case, like they telegraph it on the front end where I literally groaned when they telegraph that it's going to be like one of those, did it happen? Did it not? Mm -hmm. Is it real? Is it not? Things. They said it right in the first like three minutes in like such a ham handed way. And I'm like, come on. And then like, when you like take that whole thing, it's like, it just breaks the whole like logic of the movie. When you're, you're, if, if you're, what you're holding is true is that the other thing could be true. Mm-hmm. It breaks the logic of what actually happens or like breaks, honestly, the viewing experience. There was another movie I was thinking about recently too, that did something like that. Even an in inception, like it works mm-hmm. largely. It, but in I the think, end, I think, I think it works in make- inception specifically because that's not really the, the point by the end, like it was world building sure. story, like great storytelling, fascinating movie with a almost twist. more important than the fact that whether or not he's dreaming it or not, right? Like all right. much more important than that. That's just really kind of like the cherry on top. Right. Whereas in this, it's like both a bug and a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I've, I've like long said, based just based on my knowledge of like the way physics work <laughs> inception. I feel like it's pretty obvious that he has to be, 
it had to have happened because that's just how physics work when a top is spinning, that as soon as they start to lose momentum, they have to fall down. Um, and that was the whole point of his totem was that it should never lose momentum and wobble because it is perfect. Sure. Well, that's a, uh, did we ever do inception? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think we did because we would have had this conversation and I think I might have won you over because I have. I, no, I know feelings. you and I have had this conversation okay. before, both on and off the show, just not for that movie specifically. Yeah. Um, regardless, let's get back to this. Doesn't change movie. the fact that this movie's bad. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's, let, let's, let's table the whole discussion of whether or not he's a replicant and tackle any other things mm. that we have. Um, I, I don't like the forced mysterious character that we don't know anything about, which also, I mean, I don't mean to tie it back into the whole, like, is he, is he, is all of them? (laughs) Yeah. But no, specifically Gaff. Which one was Gaff? Edward James Olmos, the doomsday killer. Funny thing about that was I spent the whole movie trying to figure out who Edward James, Edward James Olmos was in this movie. Yeah. Oh, because is he playing an Asian guy? I have no idea what's going on because I don't know what the character is supposed to be. Like, well, there's that, and that's my point. Well, the combination of the heavy Asian presence in 2019 LA, mm-hmm. the fact that he does the origami, and he sp- and he was able to speak the language of the Asian character that was serving him the food. Totally forgot about that, but that too, and also just the way that they dress him and make do makeup and like have his facial hair. It would conjure the image of an Asian that's a man. Good que- that's a good point. I don't really know what was going on there. I But the thing is, it, it, even that confusion aside, I don't understand what that character was. And I I just didn't really... Well, he, was a, he was a cop, I guess, but also but they, he's a cripple. That's the thing. It was like, he's a cop, or was he a previous Blade Runner? Or was he supposed to be like... Was he supposed to have some connection to Deckard, but doesn't like? And it was weird. And then he has three it, well, scenes, saying, and they're all over the place, and they don't they don't interlock at all. It was very weird. It, it seems like he's supposed to be a regular old cop, and they're doing the whole like thing where cops don't like the feds. Or, okay, yeah, maybe like, go to Mass Effect. Like you know, CSEC doesn't like specters. Like they don't like someone who's above their authority, who's not like died in the wool, like like. Every man cop or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, like a regular soldier doesn't like special forces or whatever. Like, you know, there's always that thing where, like, the sure. quote unquote special version of them, like, they don't, like, the every man version of it doesn't like. The only thing I'll say is the character matters at all if he's, if we're going to hold that he is definitely a replicant because then he's clearly meant to be his minder. That was the, okay, so that maybe, maybe that's the case. But and then also, like, he almost seems like a, a, you know, he's too jaded and he's too old for this shit, if that's the case, right? And he's like, he doesn't really care whether or not they are seen as humans. Like, be, be, you do you. It's, it feels like what he's getting at by the end of the movie when he's... Which is funny because, like, and I don't know how old he is exactly, but, like, that's almost 40 years ago. Edward James almost is not that old then. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I have no idea what was going on. It was very, that, that character. It was a strange character. The whole movie's strange, which is like I can get behind weird, right? Like I'm okay with a weird movie. That's fine, but do something. Like I, it just it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, weird for a purpose. Are we creating this weird alternate world? Are we doing the quirky fun thing? Like what is going on exactly? What are the rules? <laughs> yeah, what are the rules? Like, 
Yeah, I don't. But- um, I uh, it was funny to me, like discovering so during the 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 credits like rolling in the beginning, there was a name. Was it like W Emerson something or W something Emerson? I forget the name. And I was like, that name seems vaguely familiar. And then he showed up on screen. I was like, oh my god, I only know him as an old man. How old is he in real life? And it was the the like the police captain or whatever. He was the guy from. He was the train conductor in Wild Wild West. He been in a lot of other things as well but that's what immediately jumped into my mind mm-hmm. like, oh that's and i don't remember his name but that's the guy who's the train conductor in uh, m emmett walsh yeah that's it i don't know why i thought it was a wm whatever yeah m emmett walsh yeah that's fine yeah the train conductor that uh wild wild west came up before when i was searching for something just uh no, wasn't it? Wasn't it Wide West? Wasn't it? Well, yeah. Oh, I searched for that, and Wild Wild West is what came back, and uh, you know, Diane Kruger effect. Um, this, I, I don't know. I I do want to watch. I want to watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'm curious about it. Aesthetically, I think it was awesome. I love that look and feel, and like I yes. have a, I have that nostalgic draw for that. Right, like I. There's something, and like I said, it, it somehow it aged really well. Like, like the the scenes of the city, like, like those are like that weird, like because it's not CGI exactly. I don't know. What no, that it's technique is called. It's like, like mixed it's reality almost, almost. It's like there's practical effects with some sort of layer on top of it or behind it. Like it's super. Yeah, which is that very '80s thing that they they did. Like Dune had some of that. Yeah. Um, Star Wars obviously has some of that, like specifically when they're in space with like Star Destroyers and stuff like that. Right. Um, there's another movie I'm thinking of. Oh, what's it called? Doesn't doesn't what's it called uh, Ghostbusters have some of that? Yeah, I can see that. Um, the uh, I think there's something uh, near and dear to my heart about a movie that was made in the 80s or 90s takes place in a year that has passed. Actually, and I, and I think, is I think during the opening and, title crawl, doesn't it say November twenty nineteen? Yes, like, Fuck, we're one year late on. This. Yeah, yeah, and uh, literally one year late. And so, a movie that takes place that was filmed in the eighties or nineties takes place in a time that's already passed, and is trying to be super futuristic. But in every single one of those movies, it's still using tube TVs, and I think that's the best. It's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a good one. Uh, kind of a corollary to that, like I always find funny, is like the underutilization of computers, mm. like the total lack of foresight to see, like smartphones. Yeah, like you know, what I mean, like because like there's so many times in this where someone should have been able to call. So, like, forget smartphones, even something like a cell phone, because cell phones technically existed back when like this movie was made, didn't they? Yeah, and so like, like okay, we're we're forty years in the future or whatever. They should have cell phones. Like now, you could like make it <laughs> more similar to like old, right? But anyone should be able to call right. anyone at any time, right? Like and like they don't. <laughs> like we can go to outer space. We can colonize other planets. Right. The cars hover. Uh, oh, stars, cars hover. We got all this fucking like cool space travel, this and that. No computers or like like very shitty computers. Which I'm not even talking about the representation. Just like what the ca- the computers can do. Yeah. Right. And no smartphone, no cell phone, no nothing. Nothing has a nothing, nothing. You no utility has a screen. What isn't interesting? Yeah. That's the. I feel like that's the the key takeaway there. Uh, the other thing, the other portrayal of the future as seen by the eighties or nineties is that it's always raining, which I think is really funny. Just always raining in the future. Twenty nineteen comes along, rain all the time. Actually, I had a funny thought about that too because I was like, "Fuck, man, do you know how little rain there was in LA in twenty nineteen?" Yeah. 
and in the, they can never it's not be It's because they used it all in 1980 right? when they made this movie. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, one day of shooting was more rainfall <laughs> yeah. than there has the been in L.A. Year. in the last five years. Oh, man. That's so funny. They've been in drought for, like, 15 years. It, you know something else that, that just crossed my mind now while we're talking about it is, what's the timeline of this movie? Like, does it take place over the course of a day? Oh no, it's at week? least like a week, I think. Something like that. There doesn't seem to be any transition of days though. Well, it was always raining, so you couldn't see the sun. That's true. That's true. The very end though, after the Tears in the Rain speech, there's a little bit of light that peaks over the hill, which made me think that maybe it's the next morning and this was one day. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. At what point doesn't he go back to his room and sleep or something like that? Yeah, unicorn dream. Yeah, so like at least one was day. Was that happened. was that pre or post Android rape? I think it was right after. Dorian. <laughs> well, doesn't he wake up and she's in the bed? I don't remember. I, I, Something like that. I don't remember, and I, I'll, I may never know, because I'm not watching it again. No. Um, I am curious to see. I'm, I'm just hoping that generally... I mean, it's a different filmmaker, right? I think Ridley Scott was involved in some way, wasn't he? But it's Denis Villeneuve. Um, yeah. We like his movies yep. around here. So. Around these parts. Yeah. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll see it. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Maybe not next week, but we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we can give ourselves a few months. Yeah, that, that um, didn't say. I, it's funny. I was just thinking last night too. I there's I have a couple of movies that I want to add to the list of like what we should do, but I had like several of them, and a couple of them I was actually really interested and excited about, and I totally fucking forgot what mm. they were now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I should have just written them down. Like, I, like there's nothing stopping me. Sure, the only thing stopping you is you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Oh man. Uh, I don't know. I got. I don't really have anything else. I was just wildly underwhelmed. Yeah, I was hoping for more. Uh, my my final thoughts on the movie was I had heard for you know nearly fifteen years that especially the first one, but the whole series in general drew pretty heavily Mass Effect to Blade Runner, and that was true. And it was kind of cool to see that uh, the 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 music in this was very similar, especially to the score in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of the looks on the Citadel and Omega in the second game um, were very similar to some of the looks of the city of this one, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and they actually do some much better because uh, they spend more time on it. Uh, they do some of the same like ideas about looking at like the sense of self and the sense of AI's integration with like a human population and all that. So yeah, I was and like what that. Like the ethical questions that raises and all that. Yeah, well, it's this thing. It's like oh, just if they were to just even spend more time in those questions or like with characters questioning it, like it's that's the interesting well, part, right? But that that was my point, right? It's because like the, the whole thing about like the sense uh, of self and being human versus replicant and what the nature of consciousness and all that. Like, yeah, that was in here some, like not well, but like some. Yeah, the idea about like taking that a step further, like okay, so fine, we've established that maybe consciousness gives you personhood, right? And then, so if that's the case, forced labor is slavery. That's the next logical conclusion to tackle in this. And it's something that Roy tackles at the very end of the movie. And it's like, oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. Good point. Why didn't you talk about that? Good point. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. So like, fuck. Like that's like a really weighty, like meaty topic to get into. And they just didn't. Yeah. Just didn't. That was a hell of a monologue. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do I last line of the intro? <laughs> Time to die. Uh, 
Yeah. Also, how much fun was Rucker having? Oh yeah. This, like, but like mainly like the just like the last fifteen minutes. He seemed to be enjoying himself. Yeah, I, I think he enjoyed himself fun. the whole time. Sure, but like specifically that whole sequence with that. We didn't talk about one thing that really, really, really bothered me. Really pissed me off. Right, Deckard should have been dead like three times in the movie, like easily. Like at one point, uh, Daryl Hannah is on top of him, <laughs> choking him, like he's going to die, and then decides I'm going to add a flourishing backflip into the mix, mm-hmm. just to give you a just for the purpose of killing me off <laughs> of this movie. I also, while watching that scene, wondered, had the makers of Goldeneye. <laughs> the two fight sequences with... No, no, no. No more foreplay. Yeah, Take with me to Yanis. Xena? Xena on a top? Isn't that it? <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, uh, what's her name? Before she was famous in X-Men. Um, Famke... Famke Jensen. Jensen. Yep. That like almost a shot for shot remake of that fight. Yeah. Oh my god. That was an interesting scene in the Goldeneye video game. Uh, <laughs> that whole, oh man. Uh, this movie. Eh, this, I'm disappointed. But I'm like a, even so. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Watching it though, and like, with what it was doing visually, I could guarantee you if I saw this when I was younger, I would have a uh, I would have stronger feelings towards it, and I'd be able to I'd probably be able to recognize that they are feelings of having seen it when I was younger. But I think I would have, I think I would have eaten this up if I saw it when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, I can see how one would be swayed by that, yeah. uh, especially at the time. Yeah. Well, that's it on Blade Runner, and that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in a Six at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Alfie Olson. Thanks for tonight. I <laughs> seemed like I asked if that was my name, not said that that was my name. <laughs> I'm Ron. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Manda Watch. Mandalorian. Season 2. Episode 2. Has a... <laughs> Oh, God. And Al has put on a mask that is all... It looks like it's all Baby Yoda's. I can't tell because it's very blurry. It. This is not a distance to the camera thing as much as it is a your resolution just tanked, and I'm not really sure what's going on. That's fine, I'll just it, oh, is he, he's got the broth. That's one of them. It's a couple of different scenes. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so I got this, all right, so I we're got in this season... in the mail yesterday. And it's from my nice. it's from my aunt, our aunt. Uh, it was my birthday. It was one of my birthday present from her. And uh, nice. the, great, the great part about it was I got it. There was no note, no card, no invoice, no receipt. And I was like, I have no idea who sent this to me. Uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, but I found out awesome. today that it was from her. Um, she's also the one who made me this little guy who will be joining us weekly for Manda Watch. Fantastic. Here, Al is holding up a knitted baby Yoda holding a broth cup. Which is fantastic. Knitted child. A knitted hang, child. Hang on a second. Um, Headphones are coming back off so I can take this mask off. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a whole thing. Every day, so. get, get it out of there. It's a whole ordeal. Sorry. I had, to, I had to go the route of derailing you by unveiling the mask. 
unexpectedly. So yeah, so it's got That's... the scene of him using the force. And he's like mm-hmm. clearly under strain and duress. There's another that's just like a zoomed in of his like eye. There's him sipping, uh-huh. or getting ready to sip the broth. Uh, I guess those are the only three scenes that are on here. And there's one little Star Wars uh, thing on it. It should also have the scene of him waving because that that's a that's tremendous. So good. <laughs> do the do the hand thing. Do the magic um, hand thing. All right. So this is sec- second episode, season two. Uh, no slouch. Very entertaining. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I've seen some people complain about it. Um, I, what I'm realizing is there's a lot of people who don't get that this is just how the show is going to be. Yeah. Like, this is just how it's always going to be. And, like, they may play with that structure slightly and give us more story. And I think they basically said that during the lead-up, like, the promotional lead-up to this season. Um, and it's hard, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, the last 20 years of TV have broken the majority of us out of that mode mode of, like, episode a week like where it's like different story every week type of thing and right. i'm not a huge fan of that either i don't mind shows that find a way to blend it like for instance mm-hmm. something like scrubs i think did it to perfection where there's a or like the mandalorian of, what's that or like the mandalorian sure no actually <laughs> no they are still out of balance there are a lot of episodes where there is zero advancement of story or one mm. percent advancement of story and only marginal amounts of characterization it's not to say that this episode isn't good or fun, but sure. it is a true standalone. Whereas something like, say, Scrubs, who, like I said, I think did it really perfectly. Even when they're not advancing quote-unquote plot, there is characterization that goes on. Like, important right. characterization. Um, and they balance a lot of things and whatever. And this is, you know, the good version of how you do a stripped-down Western in space, unlike Blade Runner, which we were just talking about minutes ago. Um because they can be quiet and have contemplative stuff, and it's like, but there's still something happening in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I, I, I don't love the format, but I like what they're doing. I think they're executing it at such a high level that I'm okay mm-hmm. with it, and eventually maybe I'll come around on it. Uh, but I also think they'll give us more as time goes on. I, don't, I won't say that nothing happened, right? It, to, him failing at finding someone is something happening. It's a, right. a, a bit of a weak version of that, but something is happening to the plot yeah yeah i i I, I will i will go i will go on to say that i i love i love it i don't even i actually do enjoy the one-off episode i like the idea that at any point if i really wanted to i could just put a random mandalorian episode on and just enjoy myself because i could i could just watch a one-off yeah but rewatchability it has to be a secondary motive for me at least to sure a tv show that's fine i want to be thrilled the first time and mm. specifically, I am big on story. It's why, you know, you're the movie guy. I'm the TV guy. I love mm-hmm. a long form story. Uh, mm-hmm. It's why I was a, have been a big reader in my life. I love reading novels. I like a long form story. So that's always going to be what I gravitate to. This feels more like, you know, eight or 10 or 12, whatever, however many standalone movies, but very short ones. And that's not my preferred methodology and, and it's fine like, mm-hmm. like i said they can still do it and execute it at a high level and they largely do like this was a good episode of show i think i would have enjoyed it right. more if it was not followed after another episode of the show that did largely the same thing i tell you what i would, i as much as i loved it didn't enjoy all those spiders 
I was not well, that was the part ready for it. That I was going to ask about. It was the part that we were texting about, and I was like, I don't want to say anything until. And he's seen the thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. I know yeah. you're uh, really hate spiders. Um, I'm not particularly a fan of them I, myself, I, but uh, not a fan. Once I well, the great uh, part was you know right because he, he wanders, and I yeah. like, I was like, oh, those are eggs. Those are going to be spiders. Oh. No, hundred percent. When I saw the eggs, was when I texted you the first time. Like, is this gonna be? And I said, yeah. And then when, and then when he touches it, I was like, oh boy. And then it opened, and I was like, oh, there's gonna be a big one. <laughs> and then it was, yeah, yeah, a big and a bigger. It seems uh, yeah. terrifying. I that is the most that is the most difficult thing about playing Full in Order for me is the fact that you have to fight those spiders. Makes me very uncomfortable. I forgot about the spiders. I don't like that at all. Oh, I believe that was the um, one I called the the big juicy. Oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> when, Gary, when Gary finally got around to telling us he played the game. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. But that being said, so we get some fun stuff in here. Uh, we get some X wings. Yes. Which is great. One of those pilots uh, was oh, Dave Filoni. This- which is fantastic. Yeah. Just love it. I uh, I started watching that documentary that they put together, the gallery. I haven't got to watch it yet. I, I would like to check it out. Uh, I watched like an episode and a half, and I it's just so endearing. Like they they're just so happy to be doing what they're doing, and like there's like it doesn't seem like there's any egos. Everybody's just really enjoying themselves, and it's I and it shows in the product. Yes, like it's 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 just pure fun. That's the whole thing. It's just fun, and I I love it. Um. But the, seeing the X-Wings was cool. I think it was really awesome the way that they they went into attack mode. Yes. Like, without talking. Like, that was really cool. Uh, and then we have just, like, a wicked chase scene, like, through the through the clouds and, like, cutting the engines and then dropping. Like, that was really fun. Yeah. And then when he lands, I was like, 100% falling through the ground. And then what it, it falls through the ground. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, other things. Uh, when he... So I went back and I watched. A, I love this. Uh, there's a what is it? New rock stars. They do. Uh, they do a bunch of like movie breakdowns, TV show breakdowns. But I think the guy's really funny, and I, I like to watch their their breakdowns and recaps of the episodes. But there's this whole thing with the child eyeballing the eggs. Oh yeah, was like I knew like in my like I I knew at some point or another he's gonna eat one of those eggs. Right? What I did not realize. Well, yeah, I did not realize how early they show his attachment to it until I watched that recap video of when the character, the fraud character, walks First onto shows the ship up and turns and like they yeah. zoom in on the eggs, and I'm like, hmm. oh, it wasn't even that. They zoom in on the eggs, and then she walks up on the on the ramp, and if you're not paying attention, you don't catch that the little child. No, he runs up the ramp after her. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. But uh, yeah, eating eating the egg. Now, I think that there's something a little bit more wholesome to the whole egg thing. I have a feeling. And they actually, it's funny. I was thinking this up front because I feel like I don't think it's as diabolical as it seems. Uh, and they were saying maybe he. controversial online. I feel like he might be like just holding on to them. Oh, no, he ain't. Are you sure? Do you remember him eating the frog or not? I do, but he fully gulped the. He gulps it. He doesn't chew it or anything. Well, I guess he kind of gulped the frog. He swallowed. Yeah, the okay. Frog he ate those. He, he ate those eggs. And then crunched. Well, I, not uh, only that, but let's like let's just be clear. You do realize what that character was officially credited as in the show, right? No, what was it? Frog lady. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. So he okay. ate the desert frog, and now he's eating the frog lady's eggs. He's oh. about frogs. He's about frogs. I didn't even think about that. When she started frog jumping, I was like, oh, nice. Lean into the whole frog aspect. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I didn't see this coming. <laughs> also, like her in the, like her in the jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah. That was that was really silly. I also liked the. Also, she, I liked she her. her um, stick, like stick out and grab something too. Her, her clothes. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, she grabbed she grabbed her clothes. I liked the. I liked when she fixed the droid to to use its voice to yeah, actually they, they like communicate. That in the, the recap, and I was like, why of all things is that showing up? Well, actually, it was, I guess it was yeah. two meanings, right? Because that's also the resolution with the X Wing pilots was that episode um, mm. when they were in the prison thing when they saved. Um, when they saved uh, Star Wars Clone Wars Anakin, or actually, did he end up dying? But they tried to save. I don't him. remember if he dies or not. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, it's just it, it, it's it's funny. It's like it's it's silly and entertaining. That it was it was cool to like. Uh, so yeah, hearing hearing her do the voice through the through the robot, I thought that was awesome. I also liked the questioning of like he was down, right? Like he was he was starting to slip away from his principles and. Her saying, like, I thought a Mandalorian was good for their word. Like, that, like, you know that cut him deep under that helmet. He's like, fuck. You know he made a face. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that, that was, that was good. That, that's, like, maybe your only, uh, maybe that's your only, like, a little, like, extra character building that happens in this episode for him. It was so great, though, going back to the eggs for a minute. You texted me, and you're like, oh, God, is he gonna? And I was like, yeah, I went through the exact same thing. Because I was watching, you know, it's, it's become like a nice little thing, either on Friday or Saturday or Sunday. The whole family watches The Mandalorian together. Um, yeah. Well, sends Gianna, she's a jerk. Um, the four of us watch The Mandalorian together. And I think Dominic's been being a dirty little slut, too, because he's watching him on Friday. And we haven't been able to watch it until Saturday or Sunday, the first two weeks. Hmm. So, But he watches it again with us. And they show him looking at the eggs for the first time on the ship. And I was like, oh, no. And my mom's like, what? I was like, yep. he's going to eat those eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love like that also, he uses the force. No. Yeah, to, it may come closer. And they, 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 they I, lead into, like, and, yeah, you go, no, as he's trying to, like, smack it out of his hand. <laughs> yep. Yep. And he waves the finger at him. Yes. That's the, that's the, that's the best he's part. A ter- I, he's so, a terrible dad. He's a terrible dad. It's okay. There's that. I, I didn't know how to handle it. There's. When he's trying to fix the ship and the child just wanders off and he has no idea yeah. the child just wandered off. Doesn't he look around to keep an eye on him? I'm like, you're a terrible dad. <laughs> terrible. But the so that that's all like the the majority of the of the episode was, you know, crashing the ship and then getting out of it alive, uh, with all these attacking spiders. But potentially my favorite scene is early on when he's on the speeder bike and he's driving real, real fast. And then these guys in the desert try to trip him up. And the way that it destroys the speeder bike, but then he like taps the thruster on his on his uh, jetpack to like balance himself out and land on his feet. That was, that was a great scene. That was really well done. And also, then how does that child not get some sort of terrible injury from that fall? Like that poor adorable yeah. little thing got tossed and rolled in the fucking yeah. desert. Hundred percent. And the sound, the poor little uh, sound, the little squeal he makes. Ooh. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then how about the uh, launching that jetpack up into the air and oh, then the, so the Jabba falling or not? Was it, it wasn't a Jabba, it was something else. No, was it that little guy that Damien does the sound of from Rogue One? <laughs> was it? I feel like it's more it's the same species. Uh, I think you see its face is the point. I don't think it was a Jawa. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, it had it had some sort of. I thought it had like some sort of like metal thing on it. So anyway, that um, that was messed up in the best way. Yes. Where it takes the it just goes all the way up, and then just and then the slow return of the jetpack was just chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, really that whole time it. it was like he's like I'm yeah. Oh, you can take whatever you want. He's like. He gets super greedy and takes the jetpack, and it's like, yeah, that aggression's not gonna stand, man. Like he's not yeah. letting you walk. Like he waited so long to get that jetpack, he's not giving up that easily. I don't care how much he loves the child, he is going to end you. I didn't think it was gonna be yeah. quite that way, but <laughs> it is fun. Oh, but like you said, overall, not much happens. Still entertaining. Um, still entertaining. I don't want to act like I'm like totally like poo pooing. Like it was a good yeah. episode. I just think. If we're going to do an episode where not much advances the story and it's going to be a big creature episode, I thought last week's was better than this week's. Oh, I agree. Last week's was a better episode. And part of it was because like, there's just more quote unquote like story. Like you, we got like having a character who can't speak in addition to the other character that can't speak is less strong than having. I would agree with that as well. The Oliphant Marshall character who can, they can play off each other. I thought that was a much more interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah, that for sure. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes in a couple days. Yes, uh, I and, do uh, know that they, I, they, I don't think they've released any sort of like teaser thing, but I saw the image on IMDb because they, you know, they keep it like a hidden what episode is until like you, you can only see one episode ahead. The okay. next one is the one you saw the trailer, right? It's the one where they're on the boat. Uh, I, I don't watch the trailers or anything. I don't look anything up on like future episodes. No, no, no. The, the, the trailer for the season. Oh. There's one scene you see him. He's on some sort of boat on the water. Maybe. Like I, don't re- I don't remember, but I'm sure. It's that episode. Um, okay. I believe we will see the return of Grief and Cara Dune in this one. Oh, cool. Which means we get our first official Mando. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I, uh, I will say one of the things that really took me by surprise, which I, I don't know if I... I if it's happened, you're going to have to clue me in if it's happened in other episodes or not. Maybe I just noticed it for the first time here. They did the storyboard thing at the end or in the credits, and I really liked it. That's been since the first episode. <laughs> it, oh, I, I for whatever reason, maybe I don't know why this one particular, like I like I really noticed it or like I was really paying attention to it. It was that's, just like really well done. That's like, been it's since beautiful. the first episode of the show because it was a big deal. They showed the scene like a couple of different scenes of like when he opens the pod and you see like the hand and like, you know, like the, the, like, because it's like, you, you know, it's right after that. What yeah. The fuck moment, you know, like that, that storyboard thing has been at the end of every episode. I vaguely remember that. So maybe for whatever reason, this one stuck with me. I think it was just because like the, as, as much as not like a lot happened, there was some crazy stuff on screen. Yeah. And well, that's, to that's, see the transition the from this episode, storyboard. That's the thing that this episode kind of really brought into focus for me. Like the last episode, Yes, but this one even more so. It's very obvious that there's been an increase in budget. Like we heard yeah. that there was going to be, we knew there would be because of the success of it. But like it's it's showing up and paying dividends like visually. Like you can see right. it immediately. The scope of this is much bigger. There's 
like the set piece last week, there was nothing like that. Like even the scene with the 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 ATST and like stuff like that, like that was not the same as this. Like even some mm-hmm. stuff from the finale was not the same as that scene fighting the crate dragon. Like that was a legitimate big like set piece like action sequence. This thing with the spiders, the CGI was really good. Um and yep. they're like having varying size and all the different stuff they're doing, like they felt like real and tangible. Like that was a really well executed scene. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Well, we'll uh, we'll continue our Amanda watch as the weeks go on.